Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Occasionalist. It's Adam Chemielewski taking over once again with the help of Matthew Pagel. How are we doing today, bro? I'm, I'm doing good. Really, really looking forward to getting into this episode, our final episode of Factual February. This should be a pretty interesting one. Yes. Oh, my God, you are right. This is the last installment of the inaugural Factual February. And like, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to uh, go through everything that we'll be getting to in the episode in just a second. But before we did that, I do want to do just a small little bit of house cleaning. And uh, it's from a previous episode and one we were kind of some we were a little bit talking about off air. And I actually watched The Ward. I got a copy of it on oh, DVD nice. during a during a, a drunken birthday purchase. And um, I will tell you, dude, I really liked it. If you ever wanted to do an episode about it, I am totally all for it. Uh, there were it was it was kind of different, it, um, and definitely different um, in terms of Carpenter's work. Mm-hmm. And also, the year 2010, like there's. This the whole thing, like the time that it came out. For some reason, I have been really focused on this because I feel like this movie could have came out like five or six years earlier, mm-hmm. but I don't think it did because of this kind of trend that was going on in Hollywood and horror and suspense and stuff at that time that I don't want to get too much into because it gives away the end. So like, I, um, I, I'm already familiar with how it ends. Um, oh, okay. So no surprise there. I suppose if people out there are that um, nervous about finding out about it, then, you know, here's your spoiler alert warning. Um, this would have, this would have like coincided with a lot of the, um, these like kind of psychological thrillers, like your shutter islands yes. Um, mm-hmm. what, what, there's one other one besides Shutter Island that was pretty big right around that time. Okay. Like I was, I didn't, I, Shutter Island was something that came to my mind. I like lament the whole thing where it's like that person, you know, the, yeah. it's, it's in that person's mind and stuff. Memento had that, um, mm-hmm. oh my God, there was another good one that I was going to use as an example there, too. There's one we've actually talked about on the show and I can't remember the goddamn name of it. Um, it's where the, um, all the strangers are trapped in a hotel and they're killing each other one by one, and it's actually the personalities of the serial killer. Oh my god! I know we talked about it. It's like John I... Cusack's in it, and um, oh, fourteen oh eight. No, um, identity. Identity is what it's called. Okay, gotcha. But yeah, the, the, and these were all like within. I think identity was like two thousand six. Shutter Island, Mementos before that, obviously, but Shutter Island is what two thousand eight. Nine? Yeah, after Gangs of New York. Yes. Yeah. So, and then like then we get to the ward. So there's a lot of these movies like that. Not not a lot, but there were some bigger movies like that that just yeah. kind of set a trend for this sort of. I I I, I would call it a, a I don't know like a, a maybe a puzzle thriller is what yeah. I call it. Gotcha. Yeah, and is it Fight Club was even in the early 2000s, so that kind of uh, kicked off. Ninety nine. Ninety nine. Yeah, that's right. But 99. still, yeah. Yeah, it's like all I remember is high school. High school. They came yeah. out of high school. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so that kind of kicked it off. And like, yeah, I, I got to say, I really dug it. And it was definitely a nice Carpenter twist on the whole thing. So mm-hmm. I can see why this movie came out a little bit later, because the twist is different than some of those like typical puzzle movies. Then like, it's just, hey, it's that person. There is a little bit of a twist at the end. But um, I could see like at that time period, like the, the mid 2000s, that this would have just kind of um, went with everything else. You know, this yep. would have been just like, oh, hey, it's another one of these kind of movies. Oh, great. We just had two more of them two years ago. Yep, exactly. And it, and again, it's I know we've talked about this before, but the fucking cast is outrageous. 
for this yeah. movie. Like, I, I mean, I, whatever your opinion on Amber Heard is, it's Amber Heard. Mamie mm-hmm. Gummer, um, Daniel Pennebaker, Lindsay Fonseca is, correct me if I'm wrong, Lindsay Fonseca was like the voice of the daughter in How I Met Your Mother, amongst other things. Oh, that is a good question. She, I, I think she was the daughter and then she was like the voice or something else. Yeah, I don't know about that. That's I'll check that out right now. Like actually. she's whatever she does now. Like she's got a lot of credits under her belt. Basically, she's been acting since she's a kid. And then obviously Jared Harris is in this movie. I mean, it's a it's a it's a fucking stacked cast. Oh my god, yeah, dude. The um the one thing that I could not get enough of is that the nurse in the movie looked a lot like Miles Teller, man. Like I'm telling you, every time I saw the nurse, <laughs> all I saw was Miles Teller. It just it, haunting me, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, like uh, maybe Gummer was great. Um, Daniel Panabaker, like just, just like oh wow, this person is in this movie. Like holy shit, you know. So the, the and Jared Harris in particular, I thought was 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 really good. He wasn't in it all that much, but when he was in it, it was it was he was great. Right. Yeah. So Lindsay Fonseca is the daughter in How I Met Your Mother. Um, she was in Nikita. She was in both kick-ass movies. She was in Desperate Housewives as one of the children. Um, Big Love is one of the children. Um, like, <laughs> she has a huge, she has a ridiculous, um, like, and currently, um, currently, let's see here. Um, one of the 911s, uh, she's in, she's in Turner and Hooch, apparently the TV oh, series yeah. that no one asked for. Um, right, that is true. But like that, literally, no one asked for. But yeah, like so, like this was um, um, this movie. To go, let's go back twelve years ago. Kind of in the same way, in the way that we talked about the the Lindelof show with Sasha Alexander, um, mm-hmm. and who else was in that? Oh, geez, uh, the Felicity. You mean that that show? No, 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 no it wasn't Felicity. That, no. It was um, uh, God damn it. Um, but it, it had it had it had the the chick it had Ursula from uh, Super Troopers, Sasha, Sasha Alexander, and chick from Final Destination. Oh God, uh, let me see here. I'm trying to find that point, out. Then... Point, I'll go ahead. You you Google that real quick. And the, the point I'm making is that there was like there every it seems like about every decade or so they try a TV show with or a movie whatever it is they try something like this with sort of like let's take these like four to five or three to four or whatever. Um, women who are maybe 19 to like 25 and we're mm-hmm. just going to place a bet that like if this show takes off if this movie hits that one of these women in it will be like the big thing coming out of it yeah of course that is totally right on that yeah you bet is it uh, Crossing Jordan? no not Crossing Jordan it's from like 1999 1999 let's see here Lindelof God, what the hell man IMDB is really getting on me right now and uh Jesus Christ. Okay, hold on, because now I must know this. There's Nash Bridges. To the, oh, Wasteland, Wasteland. Sorry. Wasteland, yep, Wasteland. there you go. Yeah, there we go. Okay, yes, all that buildup. Yes, Wasteland, yes. Damon Lindelof's unknown uh, great first uh, little bit in writing here. Okay, awesome. All right, dude. So, yes, saw the ward, loved it. Love to do an episode on that. And now we're going to get into the opening part of what I would like to call the last faction heroes versus the misinformation machine. And for this episode, and keeping both the action and fact themes that we've established for the month of February, and also at the end of last episode where I dubbed us the last faction heroes. And just like any action movie, we are in the sequel where we face a major threat to our world and loved ones. Technically, Chema, we're in the we're in the last part of the trilogy because I split the first episode up into two two parts. 
That is right. So we are in the last part of a trilogy, even better, where we are going to be facing off against the misinformation machine and the machine must be destroyed. So the episode is going to be divided into two sections. We're going to have a little bit of an opening discussion and then our big showdown with the misinformation machine. But before we engage in any combat, it's important to learn as best we can about what we are dealing with. So I'll be opening up with a couple questions and then we'll get into the heart of the episode here. So the misinformation machine has been getting stronger over the past for year, past few years. Who do you feel is to blame for this? There's a ton of blame to go around, so mm-hmm. I'm going to go sort of start with like broad strokes and then like whittle the, whittle my way down into like more pointed like specific barbs if you will. Okay. Like very broadly, it's the internet is to blame. Mm-hmm. Um unrestrained free speech does have its pitfalls. Um we've given we've given basically I, I want to say it's like Oh, gosh. I want to say it's like upwards of 70, possibly 75% of the world does have at least intermittent intermittent access access to the Internet. You know, it's not continuous, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, you know, it, it's a lot of countries don't have the option to just pull up their phone and, and, you know, get online whenever they feel like it, like we do. But most of the world can at least, I want to say, like, at least like spend like two hours a week online in some capacity. So mm-hmm. we've given access to the entire world, basically. Um, uh, you know, we've given the entire world a, an opportunity to participate in what is essentially the largest public discourse in the history of humanity. Um, th- this causes fringe ideas to occasionally populate mainstream thought. And there's really nothing you can do about this. This is just the price of freedom, right? Like, mm-hmm. if we want more people to be involved in free speech and involved in the world discourse, then we have to deal with some weird ideas and Mm -hmm. that's fine. Like that's, that's totally fine. Like that's how it's always worked. The problem is this is going to get more specific. The problem is that the, the gatekeepers of the internet, um, speaking of thinking of like new media outlets, like Facebook, Twitter, what have you, they have no interest in doing any variety of policing on their end. Um, up until recently, Facebook had no interest, Twitter had no interest, Instagram had no interest. Unless you're showing a nipple and you were a right. female, then Instagram had an interest in, in gatekeeping what you're doing. Um, but otherwise, they had no interest previously. And because they had no interest, these were safe havens for for places to um, to populate, safe havens for, for certain populations to um, come together and share their ideas, be they fringe or radical or whatever else. And... Mm-hmm. It's again, this isn't some of those things that, like, I'm saying, like, bust up Facebook groups and make sure that no one could do this because it's not, again, that's not, that's not what I'm calling for. In fact, like, Twitter really came to prominence, um, when you really think about it, probably around 2010 to about 2014. This was like mm-hmm. in the, the earliest days of what Twitter was. I think it was, um, I think the character limit was, was it 140 then? Yeah, it was 140 then. Um, yes. Um, and like the full potential of Twitter hadn't been realized yet, but that was the, that was the same time the Egyptian revolution was happening and Mm -hmm. we were getting, uh, Egyptian media basically blacked out the rest of the world from seeing what was happening on TV. However, they didn't black out Twitter. So, um, because they couldn't at that point in time, um, just the way, just the way it worked, they couldn't lock down their internet. So we were getting live updates for years from Tahrir Square about like the violence and the protests, um, like the political discourse was being handled totally on Twitter, 
Um, and like that became a new avenue for people to get their political ideas out. Like a whole new, a whole new use for Twitter was born beyond people like talking about like what they're eating and <clears throat> taking pictures right. of food and shit. So the bigger gatekeepers, the new media, the new media outlets are really like, are the really the ones that sort of, um, how should I say it? They just sort of, not that they're actively turning a blind eye. They're no one's compelling them to do anything, so they're not. And right. then when you get down to very specific things, um, like Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Snapchat, they are the way that um, this new generation of users is ingesting their media. They're not interested in all in sort of other than putting a warning label now on certain things. They're not interested in policing in policing people's free speech, obviously because it's free speech. You don't have to police it. But because because of the way their algorithms work, especially YouTube, especially Snap well, I mean not Snapchat necessarily, but especially YouTube and especially IG and TikTok, the way that their algorithms work, stuff that gets more engagement is going to be pushed up. Right? Mm-hmm. Like it's gonna be it's gonna be pushed up into the user's face more frequently. And engagement isn't measured in positive engagement necessarily. It's measured in any engagement. So right. Whoever you could have a you could have a post where people are just screaming bloody murder at someone for doing something, downvoting it, whatever. You know, as long as it's creating a lot of impressions, that will get pushed up. You know, that by the algorithm, it'll get pushed up into our faces more more readily. This is especially true of YouTube. Um, this is why, like YouTube rabbit holes. We, we always talk about like this that's this kind of stuff. Like one at one moment you're YouTubing old like wrestling clips, then all of a sudden <laughs> you're watching like oral surgery or something, and it's like. How the fuck did I get here? Well, mm-hmm. a part of that is YouTube's algorithms lead you to these places. But YouTube's algorithm leads you to more extreme content. So you can go from like watching like a, you know, like watching a, I don't know, maybe like your, like a cartoon from our youth is on. And then in your suggested, in your suggested matches or like what should we play next, you'll find like bizarre, like conspiracy theory shit. And it has nothing to do with the cartoon you're watching. It has to do with the engagement that it's getting. So these, so these, um, these social, these newer social media um, presence are are more interested in our engagement than they are with actually doing anything about what what we're actually doing anything with what we're engaging about. Yeah, dude, I'm telling you, you hit all of that like so right on the head. There, starting off with the broadest with the internet and whittling it out down to the specifics and stuff. And this lack of policing, it just allows this beast to grow and feed. And you make a really good point about the algorithms, and that happens all the time. Like that happened to me like a couple of days ago and stuff. I didn't get directed to like some extreme like you know hate speech thing, but mm-hmm. it was like going from watching a video on character arcs to whatever this whole thing was. It was The Last Jedi thing. It was just some video about The Last Mm -hmm. Jedi that was probably getting a lot of action. And the fact that um, it is just any type of intrigue, any type of interaction, not regardless of positive or negative, that you're right, it always gets pushed up to the top. And, you know, these people could be watching things and it's like all of a sudden, like, oh my God, like, this is true? Like, oh my God, you know, how did this happen? And then they start to get further and further sucked into this. And then because of this lack of policing, all they are in the do is in the position just to have their views reinforced. And when you um, are in a desperate search to have your views reinforced, you will latch on to whatever it is that is closest Mm -hmm. to you. And that gives you that satisfaction and that reinforcement. And unfortunately this is something that is 
you know, has become a major, major issue. And the policing element of it, I feel, is it's extremely vital in this whole thing. But no one cares because it's lost money. It's lost interaction. It's lost clicks. It's lost likes. It's lost shares. Mm -hmm. So and because it's a revenue loss and this is like, you know, this capitalistic society that we live in, when it has a tendency of trading money over decency, money is going to win out probably like 11 times out of 10 yeah. in that situation. <laughs> yeah. So mm -hmm. like I, I'm telling you, like the, the thing has just grown like exponentially. And the with thing that surprises me that continues to surprise me is exactly how many of these secondary misinformation sites there are. And the people that I know personally that get sucked into it, you know, and it's on, it's on all sides of the equation here. It's not just limited to like, to like Republicans or whatever this is. It's like everybody. And, um, I, it just, it continuously surprises me how like one dumb thing will be out there. And in the comments, you'll see like, Oh, this is fake. This is fake. And then like somebody I know will end up posting the same post. Like it's the fucking gospel from the Lord above. Mm -hmm. It's what and what it's what's really you, you hit on you hit on something there that is really like maybe the most important part of this really under maybe not the most important part but the the part that underpins everything is that this is all for money like if if there was no value tied to to these YouTube videos to TikTok videos to Instagram whatever if there's no value tied to it there's no way that Facebook or or Twitter would would even blink. At the suggestion mm -hmm. that you should delete, that you should delete the Proud Boys Facebook groups because they're in, they're instigating violence. Like that was a big deal, and I think they they have since purged most of them, um, along with like a lot of like QAnon um, groups and stuff. But it, it, the fact that it took so long and it wasn't even like a complete you know deletion and lockout um, mm -hmm. for these groups it just goes to show you that like there was enough money. That, you know, there's enough money involved in w with whatever their usage and whatever ads that they were seeing and interacting with that made them at least go like, eh, I don't know, should we get rid of the violent right wingers? Ugh. Like <laughs> that they were like grinding their teeth over that because there's money involved. So I mean, right. like, that's that's the most important part. Really, it's the most important part of all this is that there's money involved. But the, the thing that the kind of like the, the thing that um, I, I think that you're, you're just about ready to hit on is also the speed with which it mm -hmm. happens now. Do you, do you remember that story? Do you remember like when we were growing up, you, you heard it before like, that like the average person swallows like five spiders in their lifetime. Oh yeah. Yes, like while did. you yes. sleep or whatever. I remember that definitely. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was the creation of two professors at Northwestern, I think mm -hmm. is either, either Northwestern or Northern Illinois, but, um, and they were studying like early, um, this was like at the, the beginning days of the internet. So it was like, like the late, well, internet goes back to the 1960s, but like in terms of like consumer internet and like what we think of as the internet, this was like back in like the late eighties that they were studying it and they wanted to study like sort of the transmission rate of information, you know, dissemination uh, of information via the internet. And right. so like the idea, they, they, they came up with that like fact and I forgot like exactly how they packaged it and put it online or whatever, but the, they came up with that particular fact because it was so like it stood out so much they would know if it came back to them at some point in time you know in conversation or someone at that you know wrote them an email or something that they they knew that would be their thing like mm -hmm. that's that's their little rumor that they started and 
it took them like years to hear back on that. Um, yeah. Like I, I shouldn't say it took them like years to hear back on because like there were people like in their more immediate circle. It, it got to the, it got disseminated to them first, but um, like in terms of it being something that like I, I forgot like one of the researchers who did it, but like they traveled out, like pretty far out of state, out of Illinois, um, possibly I think it was possibly in like Florida or Texas, and they heard someone talking about it there like six seven years later, and they're just like, huh, okay. So it's at least gotten down here in the last like six, seven years. But mm-hmm. that sort of that sort of dissemination of false or, you know, let's say not not even necessarily false, just unclear information happens at the speed of light now. It's it's everywhere instantaneously. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Like they're like celebrity rumored deaths or something like that, that'll blow up so much so that the celebrity who is alive has to come on Twitter and be like, Oh, Hey guys, I am not dead. I'm still alive because in 10 minutes, millions of people have known about it. And millions of people are not just yep. knowing about it, but also tweeting about it. Yep. Bob, Bob Barker <laughs> has died like eight times in the past decade. That's right. Yeah. Yes. He is a big, like a, a great example of this um, discussion and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and like somehow it just kind of creeps up every now and then and like it becomes a thing. And then that thing like disappears. And then a couple years later, it resurfaces over and over again. And the thing is, is that with the, the speed, it's not just like here in America, it's like it could be all over the world, you know, and there could be people who maybe stopped at the studio the price is right on vacation to America that are from Indonesia for all I know. And then they're, they know about Bob Barker's death and, and who knows how long it might take them to like realize that the whole thing was bullshit. (laughs) So the way that this whole thing does travel is so much faster than it used to be. And when the misinformation travels that fast, it's harder to like stop out those fires. Mm-hmm. There's, I feel like there's an, is it an Abe Lincoln quote? The, uh, a rumor, a rumor travels around the world before the truth has a chance to get its pants on in the morning or something like that. Well, that's a genius quote. And it sounds like something honest Abe would say. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's true. And it, and it, and it's not even just, it's not even just like lie, like lies or rumors. It's, it's sort of the, cause I think this is what we're going to end up talking about quite a bit. It's the, the very, the very, the, the cherry picking of very particular information mm-hmm. presented a very certain way. Yes. Um, that, that is, I think, even worse than just outright lying. Outright lying. Oh, God, yes. Because that shows like a certain level of craftsmanship and manipulation to it and mm-hmm. stuff. Like when, when you see that that kind of effort is put into it, it's way more dangerous than somebody just coming out with a blatant, ridiculous horseshit lie. Right, exactly. The, the the horseshit lie, at least, will raise alarm bells with certain people. But there is a way, and I know, I know at least I'm going to talk about like one of these types of things a little bit later. Um, there is a way that you can present in, like factual information in a very particular way to mm-hmm. to obscure using using facts to obscure what the actual facts are, basically. Yes, of course, dude. Definitely. Yeah. And I can't wait to hear that when we get into the um, get into the second part of the discussion for sure. So next question is um, the misinformation machine. It feeds on a certain type of soul. What is one characteristic of someone who is most likely to fall for misinformation? Well, here's the thing. Um, That person is you, me, your brother, your sister, your father. Um, It's Democrats, Republicans, it's independents, libertarians, it's men, it's women, it's children, it's black, it's white. There is no difference. There is no, there is no profile. 
Yeah, everybody can fall Everyone. susceptible to it. Yeah, and There's, believe me, it's kind but, of a, it's kind of an interesting. It's a really interesting sort of thing that like, and I will say this: there are certain people who, in settings like Facebook or Twitter, are more likely to retweet or share information that's incorrect. But mm-hmm. in terms of like, in terms of like who gets sort of taken in by misinformation. Literally everyone. You and I probably this week have taken in misinformation and just processed it and went on with our day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. And I, I have an example of some misinformation that I fell for. Oh, go for when it. We, when we get to the in the discussion. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. So, um, but uh, that is 100 fucking percent correct, dude. Like, and the way there is so fucking much of it. And we see so much stuff throughout the course of the day that there are certain things that I'm not going to lie. Like there are certain like websites that I, that I guess I've earned my trust over the years and they, they get stuff wrong and mm-hmm. they'll, there will be times when I'm just scrolling through and I'm like, okay, they say it's happening. Like, and it may just be something that is little and small that like, it doesn't even merit me clicking on the actual article to read it. But I'm just like, I will be under the impression that something happened. And then like, you know, whatever it is, a couple hours later, the the next day, two days, whatever it is, um, there is some sort of like acknowledgement that that they were wrong, that they, Mm -hmm. you know, put out the wrong thing. Their rumors turned out to be wrong because a lot of like music, you know, kind of entertainment websites, they love the fucking rumor articles. Like this is like their fucking bread and butter and stuff, you know, and um I have seen articles where like, oh, the rumors and they're completely wrong. And then I've seen some where the rumors are completely right. And like, it's just this like kind of volume and stuff. And there are certain things that I see that get my attention that I'm just like, okay, wait a minute, you know, and like, I have to kind of stop and at least give a a look into the article to kind of see what's going on. Mm -hmm. And these things, like you know, could be major, major stuff. You know, like our, like the current European, Ukraine, Russia situation and stuff that's going on right now. Like, there's some hard, there's some headlines in here that I'm like, what? And then I kind of have to, you know, look at a couple people and figure stuff out. But there are certain things that are just so, like, I guess, minimal in terms of just like their meaning in the world and their their meaning to myself. That like I'm just like okay yeah they said it they said that okay that's fine you know whatever yeah. and like and I'll just go about my day yeah think think about how many you and I we send each other stupid fucking memes all the time like how many how many memes do you think we take in in the course of a day that are you know like you and I both know that they're supposed to be like a little bit sarcastic and making fun of a particular situation but even then they're filled with some kind of false information and right. I, I mean, we see probably, I don't know, I, I see a couple dozen a day. And mm-hmm. so you and, you know, you and I are smart enough to sort of like realize that this is just a fucking joke. But there are people that take this as fucking news or information, mm-hmm. not as not as sarcasm. Like it's, you know, like we used to like when for the longest time we used to have like, um, you know, we still not that we don't have many more. But we still have like the onion, um, uh, the I think it's the, the Borowitz report. Like these mm-hmm. satire, you know, but like you knew that's right. what you were getting into. You knew that right. you were getting into satire articles. Um, and now they're not presented that way. They're just presented as like you have to already have known what's going on and what they're making fun of. And if yes. you're not fully informed that a meme and, and you do take memes as fucking information, then that's going to really like you're going to ingest misinformation rapidly that way. 
Oh, dude, you made a great point about that onion thing. Okay, so like when before I knew what the onion was, like I was just like, wow, like, you know, this really happened and stuff. And now, like, just because of the way misinformation is and also because of the way this crazy ass world that we live in, like I have to be in on the joke before I even you know, I have to know it's the onion like and I do know is the onion. So like I know what I'm looking at because there are sometimes where like these headlines and articles where I'm just like, really? Like this this stuff happens? And then like I noticed that, you know, there are all these other different kind of branches of the onion too, or similar things that are like it. And um I will see a headline and like I'm like, okay, this does seem plausible, but then I'll be like, I'll never I've never heard of this source before, this particular um like twitter account and like okay oh so it's a satire news thing you know what i'm saying like there's Mm -hmm. depending on what the content of the article is or what the headline is i sometimes i have to kind of do like a double take so like any but anytime the the phrase florida man appears in a headline i have to at least to check to see like okay where is this coming from is this at least a satirical site or is it a real site and <laughs> yeah. a lot of the times it's a real site yeah i was gonna say florida man is florida man's a at, at best a coin toss of whether <laughs> yeah, or not exactly. it actually happened so <laughs> right right and like there are times when like i see the satirical things like the hard times.net is like another onion kind of like a uh, website mm-hmm. and i remember like when i first started to see this like the headlines were just like so ridiculous i'm like there's no way that this could ever be like um like serious stuff but as they got popular and as they needed to push out more content there was some that i'm just like is there, is this rooted in truth somehow? Like, did they just like take something that was true and kind of make a funny article about it? And there are some times where like, you know, it's not like, they're not saying this, this article is directly influenced by so-and-so, but you might be able to like draw some parallels between, you know, the crazy people in this country and, you know, like some of these satirical headlines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely dude. Yeah. I'm like, I gotta say like the hard times when I first discovered it, I absolutely loved it. And now it's like one out of every like 25 headlines that I see like makes, makes me laugh and stuff. It just, it, it sucks when you get popular and you have to start like putting out more content. Some, it just, it just gets diluted. Some of the really good stuff gets diluted and all that. Yeah. One, one account I used to follow was um, it was one of the onions, like many Twitter accounts, spinoff Twitter accounts. And they had, I don't know if they still have it. I haven't, if they, if it, if they do, I haven't seen it updated in my timeline in forever. Um, it's, it was called a click hole and it was yeah, just yeah. them making fun of clickbait articles. It's like, oh, and, yeah. and it's funny cause like they are, they are, and obviously it's, again, it's the onion, but like they're, they are so close to being actual, like if you had, if you really had no idea what this was that like you would at least, you would take that as a clickbait article for sure. Like, yeah. I, I, you know what I mean? Like it's just like, it's just so fucking close. The line is, I, I think that that line has gotten in a lot of cases, that line between uh, satire and reality, and and making fun of something in good faith, and and you know, and then presenting something in bad faith, has gotten so thin that mm-hmm. it it is it is for some people very difficult to differentiate. Yeah, oh, oh, dude, there. I can tell you, I got rickrolled even as early as last week because, like, there was something. There was a headline about Operation Ivy getting back together, and um, in the last couple of weeks, like the Tim Armstrong from Rancid and the 
the lead singer of Operation Ivy, Jesse mm-hmm. Michaels, did like a little bit of a, a, a one song reunion at like a small show in California. And then like a week later, I saw this like, oh, hey, they're plans are getting back together and then i opened up the thing and it's like oh it's a fucking rickrolled and everything like that like somebody just deliberately putting that information misinformation drawing that fine mm-hmm. line just in, at the right time to like two weeks prior to this little reunion i wouldn't have never even thought twice about it but the fact that they did it strategically after this little mini reunion happened it got me and it got me good <laughs> it's uh, you know and it's funny because those things are innocuous but like mm-hmm. I, I do think in in some way that those you know those kind of rumors and those kind of like articles and you know to, to even kind of step it up a little bit like memes on Instagram and a certain accounts on Instagram kind of kind of soften us up for other fake news for other misinformation just because we're so used to seeing it. Oh, dude, that's a really good point. Yes, it, it kind of like it, it kind of like desensitizes us a mm-hmm. little bit and, and stuff like that to it and. Um, that that's like a whole other thing right there because it's just the whole idea of being desensitized to misinformation, you know, like you should have like some sensitivity there and some kind of like level of alarm, but because it just happens so much, it's just like, Oh, Chandler got Rickrolled again. You know? Yeah. So, normally like this, this should be like a serious thing where like I'm, you know, falling victim to this kind of stuff. But in the end, it's just like, Oh, I got Rick rolled over an, an operation mm-hmm. Ivy concert. You know, it's just, it seems like it happens every other right. day. Right. Uh, <laughs> random, random Tim, Ar- Tim Armstrong thought. Um, I watched, um, I watched uh, Benson and Moorhead's episode of twilight zone recently. Mm-hmm. Um, not very good. You don't, you don't have to watch it. Um, <laughs> trust me. It's, it's not good, but so like they, you know, they're, um, you know, so like in the opening credits, they have like the cast, the, you know, the, the episode cast, like Joel McHale's in it, uh, Nadia Hilker's in it, um, someone else of note is in it, I can't remember who, but then it, then it says like Tim Armstrong, and I'm not not painting this, like that picture at this point in time, that it's that mm-hmm. Tim Armstrong, and then yeah. they show him, and I'm like, wait, it's that Tim Armstrong? What the yeah. fuck is he doing in the, like, and I know he's been in stuff before, but like, like this was like one of the most random like he has to know somebody that was working on this particular episode otherwise i have no idea why he was in an episode about like arctic researchers dude he did this it was the same thing in the the recent x-files reboot like the one that opened up and closed with the joel McHale storyline okay Uh, tim tim armstrong was a, a character in one of the episodes and like he had a lot of time on screen it's it's crazy the dude just kind of pops up wherever and stuff and uh when you see him now he's got the beard and stuff mm-hmm. like that it's just it's it's so different than like the tim armstrong that i had known growing up and there was this honestly there was this point in time where i had not seen rancid in concert like i really don't watch music videos anymore like right. unless there's like the groundbreaking video i mean but i haven't sat through a full one and god knows how long oh, neither it's and, been a while yeah <laughs> yeah so like um i like I, I just had not actually laid eyes on tim armstrong and then like there were some of the like the tattooing like just kind of looked a little familiar to me that's what gave it away that's what gave it away to me it, it was the he's got what does he have on his neck is it a oh, big star like or something it, it's something it's like a big print design yeah yeah that's what i was that because like at first again i didn't like i I hadn't seen him in so long and then like when he's sitting there in a in a scene and he's got his like his back your side to you i'm looking at him like holy shit no it's that tim armstrong okay yeah and i gotta tell you dude he's still making really good music he did a whole like 
series of cover songs, like uh, covering his own like rancid songs, doing them differently, and then also covering other songs. There's got to be like 20, 30 plus songs out of this whole collection. And I was I was very impressed, like for 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 just number one, for punk and kind of the limitations that punk imposes on itself. They really just continue to be really good, like throughout their entire career. Like Mm -hmm. the consistency is it's like very surprising in a good way. Uh, yeah, I'm pleased to hear that. I actually listened to Rancid not that long ago, so pleased to hear that. Yeah, very, very nice, dude. Yeah, I'm probably I gotta listen to them again here pretty soon. So, all right, dude. Okay, so um, why do you feel that? And we probably talked a little bit about this in what well, the conversation we just had, but why do you feel that so many souls have fallen at the hands of the misinformation machine? It's we have this. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Maybe this is. Maybe this has always been a thing, but it seems like it's a thing more so now. We have to go way out of our way to protect our ideologies and protect our ideas. Like, we'll go to extreme lengths to protect what we think is right and wrong. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you have, like, that the term, like, um, you know, someone, you know, uh, what the hell is the, f- I'm losing my, my train of thought here on the term. Oh, uh, you're going you're gonna to die on that hill. Right? Yeah. You're, you're going to die on, on this. Like, this is the thing that you're going to fucking go to go to war for. Um, it kind of doesn't make sense, especially when you're wrong, but like people just can't be convinced and we're, we're all guilty of it. Like we are Mm -hmm. all guilty of it. We see it. There's right now in Cleveland, there is a huge fucking divide between Baker bros and the people who hate Baker Mayfield and (laughs) neither of them will give ground either way. It's like a fucking, it's, it's black and white to them. Um, Mm -hmm. either way. So it's just that like, we will, we will go so far to protect ourselves and our, our, and our protect ourselves and our ideas I think more so than ever, these sort of um, certain ideologies are even more a part of our identity than they than they have been previous in previous generations. Oh my God, man! You, we are going to die for on the hills of the stupidest fucking things sometimes. You know what I'm saying? And like, I I will tell you, like, I rarely ever get into the like online back and forth. I, I can't stand it. And for me personally, like. I don't have a lot of practice in this. So if I ever make a statement um, and there have been times where like, oh, somebody's already got like uh, clips and links and stuff like that, like already lined up multiples of them. Somehow they posted a lot of them in 30 seconds or two minutes, you know, and uh, like I just like I personally like I don't want to like deal with all that kind of stuff. You know, I don't want to have like that back and forth. But um, and like if I ever do it's usually for something really freaking stupid like you know like like rancid's consistency throughout the year i would die on that hill any day of the week Mm -hmm. if somebody uh, contested me but like there are people out there that like do it multiple times a day the fighting just continues to go on and like you know obviously with that not naming any names and stuff but there'll be times like i go on facebook and it'll be somebody like very unsuspecting makes like a a, like either like a political comment or something that's going to like you know push somebody's buttons that they will take as politically. And then all of a sudden there is like 50 something comments in their thread where these people are just like going back and fucking forth, like all Mm -hmm. of the time and stuff. And there's, you know, you you see, this is when you really get to like know the person because there'll be somebody posting like 
uh, like articles, like scientific journals for reference and stuff. And then there'll be another guy posting like uh, war on information.com or something or war on the mainstream.com articles, like whatever these crazy sites are. And like the way that these people use the misinformation to d- defend themselves, even though like it is just wrong by like all legitimate publications purposes there's still this wall there. Like nothing is going to like penetrate this wall. And in the end, everybody's just like, Oh, I guess we could agree on free speech. And then the article, and then the conversation closes. Yeah. And I think, and I think that you're, you're also, um, you're, you're unintentionally pointing out something here too. The, the, the battlefield in which we're fighting these battles now, Mm -hmm. it's not, we're not talking to each other anymore. We're tweeting at each other. We're right. we're Facebook replying each other and DMing each other. Like there's, I can tell you right now the the just the you're right. I don't. I really try not to do this shit with people online. One because I don't fucking care. Two, I don't. I, I really don't want to get dragged into the stupidity of it all. Um, mm-hmm. But every now and then it could be it could even be like simple like sports stuff. Um, yeah. Like I you know every now and then I do kind of dip my toe into it, and it's just like. I know for sure that these people, especially the people that I know that do this shit, they would never in a thousand years talk to me like that to my face. And not, and that's not like some kind of like intimidation thing. I just mean that like, I know this person and we've had discussions before that have nuance that Mm -hmm. are actual open discourse. There's no way this person would come at me like this in public. No possible way. They, if they they wanted to talk about it, we'd talk about it. But we're not. You're not going to come and just tell me, "No, you're fucking wrong, you piece of shit." Like, <laughs> you, they're not going right. to do that. Right. Exactly. That is totally what happens. Like, oh my god, the amount of confidence and like liquid courage that gets into these people, like via the internet, is through the roof, dude. Like, you would think if they had this much confidence in real life that they might not have a lot of issues and stuff in life. But my god, it is like turning. It is like turning like like Captain America, like little Steve Rogers and stuff into the fucking Hulk when it, in terms of like what they get um, by being online. And it is just like it is just so aggressive. You're right. Like the whole like swearing at you and stuff like swearing at you in print, like in a print conversation. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's just like really pathetic and stuff. And like, in a, and like the crazy thing is, is that like when that kind of stuff happens to me and like it's when random people like will curse at me and shit like via a Facebook post or whatever, like that is like, it's one of those things that like, it almost kind of closes like a door on that person to a certain degree, you know, because like any kind of conversations that I've ever had, like face to face where things get heated and stuff. And I've had, and I've had them, we usually resolve stuff. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like there's usually like some kind of coming together via text message or even at the the bar the week later where it's like, oh man, things got out of hand or he helped. Sometimes you don't even fucking talk about it, which those are the best kind. And like, um, <laughs> and like uh, when they do it online, like it's almost like, yeah, like that person's out, you know, like it's mm-hmm. just, it, it almost feels like, um, like twice as much of a punch, even though it, it shouldn't, it's just online. But it, like there are times where it, it really does kind of get you. Well, we've talked about it. We've talked about it offline before. There are people that I instantly shut off from my yeah from my online social life because I just I don't I have no interest um, whatsoever in talking to them about certain things. So mm-hmm. so yeah, you're right. And like not even like 
you know, just sort of like take the take the bar analogy. Like you're right. Like I've gotten to like heated discussions with people at the bar, and it's not even the next day or the next week. It's like five minutes after the conversation's done. Hey, let's buy I'll buy a shot. Fucking forget yeah. about it. We're over it. Whatever. Right. Um, it, it's you know, and, and I think and I think another thing too, having these kind of discussions with like I I I kind of really enjoy when certain people want to have want to be confrontational with me about certain things because mm-hmm. especially with the people if it's certain people that i know i'm like oh well you're dumb and i'm not so this this argument is not going to go the way you think it's going to go um right. especially in person because guess what dude unless you're fucking carrying around a whole bunch of peer-reviewed articles in your back pocket any you you don't have backup in this you mm-hmm. don't have the same kind of. You can't go Google something real quick and, and hand it to me the way you could Google something real quick and tell me to go look for it on Twitter. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's a really good fucking point, dude. Yeah. Unless you have to come with that arsenal and stuff, that's a hundred percent correct. And like, hey, another good thing. You're right. There have been times where it is just five minutes after that you buy a shot and it's almost like it never even happened, you know. And God, those are those are. Other than not talking about it, those are the best fucking kind to, uh, mm-hmm. to have for sure. <laughs> I, think, I think a lot of a lot of problems would be resolved if we could just fucking have a few beers and and uh, and you know talk about it in a very casual setting. I think a lot of problems in this world would be solved. Oh yeah, you bet, dude. There's a lot of people that like immediately just jumped like right to the hostility and stuff, you know. And that's that's just never good because you're never ever going to have like a real conversation mm-hmm. when somebody's doing that stuff. Definitely. Right. So with, with the misinformation machine, it defends itself by saying like, "Hey, it's just free speech." Why is this incorrect? It, it's not incorrect. That's the thing. It is free speech. Um, so. You, you got to think about it less as it being incorrect or correct because mm-hmm. it's about it's about the way information is being given to you um, gotcha. that in that there are bad faith actors are sort of make up the misinformation machine. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's a it's a bunch of cogs in, in this particular machine. And you just have to be aware of like the way that they're this is this is what I was talking about before the way that mm-hmm. they're presenting information. Okay. Um, go ahead and like read something on Fox News or Breitbart. There, there are they there are certainly articles and opinion pieces that are are I, I, fabricated. Isn't even the right way to say it. They really stretch what the truth is. But there's mm-hmm. but even in these articles where shit is really stretched, it's bege- it begins with at least a kernel of truth. Um, yeah. So. It is in inherently free speech, but it's just the way that they're choosing to present that information. So let's say, um, let's say like the the government spends, I don't know, fifty million dollars on like a research project that involves, um, I don't know, involves giving alcohol to um, you know to individuals. Mm-hmm. Breitbart's going to say Biden admin is spending fifty million dollars fifty million dollars to get college students drunk. Well, maybe. Maybe that's sort of kind of true, but like what you're what you're what you're obfuscating is that this is part of alcohol alcohol addiction research and mm-hmm. how to get people you know psychological research for how to get people unhooked from you know or how to better serve right. alcoholics in their addiction and right. it's part of that money is going into a study wherein certain people will be given alcohol certain people won't be blah 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 whatever else but. They're just saying Biden's Biden spending your money on getting people fucked up. So it's 
it is free speech. There, there is un, until someone can until there are legal ramifications for it. It's free speech. It, and if gotcha. no one bothers to prosecute it, it's free speech. It doesn't matter. Gotcha. And I'm telling you, you made a really good example with that because something very similar to that did happen a couple of weeks ago in terms of like them studying and, you know, trying to um, give people the opportunity to like be more safe in terms of like uh, substance stop abuse. Talking. And... Stop oh. talking. Okay. No problem. I have a gotcha. whole thing about okay. that. Stop talking. Okay. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yep. No problem, dude. Gotcha. Cool. But yes, what you're getting at is exact. Is you make a really great point. Give me a second to get caught up in my own thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. Okay. So, I, okay. Yes. And like, that is some of the, like, I guess, artistry and like the manipulation and how they do it. They will somehow take this this little piece. It's a very, very small piece. It might even just be a microcosm of what the big picture is and just completely blow it the hell out of proportion and frame it in a way that is geared towards their audience to kind of to hook their attention, to kind of get that emotional um, reaction from them and, and everything. And like, it's, they've gotten so good at it to where like, especially like if you, like are on Fox news a lot, or if you see headlines or cryons and stuff, it, it just all kind of runs together. It almost like becomes like the voice that they speak in. Mm -hmm. And, and then when it's just a voice that they speak in, you have that connection to it because it's so familiar to you. And like, if you're going there all the time, you're re reinforced with that, with this kind of language, with this kind of even the sentence structure, the placement of the words, the, the, the phonetics, like everything is just, it, it, what I'm saying is that like, it, once this all kind of lines up with your own beliefs and your desire to self-reinforce, you could get hooked into that shit very, very easily. Yeah, there's, there's a, what, what really made me think about the, the alcohol one, there's a guy that I used to work with who um he i like i like how you put that like fox news there's like a voice um he sounded like a fox news uh, uh chiron mm -hmm. um just like he was a fox news chiron personified and yeah. it like very specifically i remember him complaining to me the one day about how obama's spending eight million dollars to get monkeys drunk yeah. and i'm like <laughs> i'm like <laughs> okay i bet that's not real and right. And like what what it had to do, it was like a drunk driving study, and mm -hmm. in a part of that drunk driving study, and it wasn't like it wasn't even like um, it wasn't even like a I don't even think it was a federal government study. I feel like it was like a state run study, um, and and part of that state research was then going to go to the um, what's the NH NHTSA um, was part of that was going to go to that, or part of the information was going to go to like a larger study or whatever. But point being that they they used they did use like animal subjects in some capacity that were they weren't just like fucking slugging shots back or anything but like they like they did use some animal studies in terms of i, I don't know if it was i don't remember the specifics and it, if it had to do with some kind of baseline that they wanted to reach or whatever but like obama didn't just write a check for eight million dollars and to tell a bunch of fucking college students to go give monkeys beer right but like the, like the, literally the way he said it is exactly how i could imagine sean hannity opening up a show right oh my god yeah i've had some conversations recently that um the language and the specific terminology matches and like it's one of these things where i'm just like 
Like, really? Like, I'm going to have to fucking, like, I'm going to have to have this conversation right now. But when, when they're saying it in that, like, so specific tone of voice, even in that wording, it's almost like I, I feel like that these were all in person that I had to like interject a, a little bit and say like, okay, come on now. You know, like when you're being that obvious about it, then it like really gets my gourd and stuff. Like if you could somehow maybe like maybe take the same sentence, rephrase it in your own words, maybe like add a couple let, uh, words, subtract a couple words, whatever it is to make it sound like a little bit more like in your voice, I, I still get agitated, but it's not like a heated thing. But when like when you're directly like quoting something, it's just kind of like, come on, dude. Like, are you fucking serious? Mm-hmm. Like, and I'll tell you a funny one that's not a political one. And there's there's one time the end our uh, me and Gorbit were, were hanging out and um, he said to me something. He's like, dude, if you ever hear the new My Morning Jacket album, it sounds like these really awesome grooves with like these spacey vibes and stuff. And I was like. I was like, wow, that's a really great description of it. Like he hit it so on point. And I was like, where? I was like, why does this sound familiar to me? And then like, it was right out of like Rolling Stone. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like right out of there and stuff. And I was like, I was happy that he read it and that like, we're both reading the same thing. And it was like, you know, kind of just became this really great moment in our friendship. But I just remembered that like distinctively standing out and it was in like a, we were tailgating before one of the Browns games too. And it just like nonchalantly said it to me. And the the moment is just like ingrained in my mind because I always go back to that for this kind of example. (laughs) Right. Right. I think. I think um, there for okay. So for like a while, um, CBS Saturday News, they would have maybe they still do. Um, they would have like a they'd have a musician on uh, for like the latter half of the for the new show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I swear to God, the copy that that Anthony Mason and or um, what's Oprah's friend Gail Gail King, um, like the copy that they would read, I swear to God, was the same copy every single time. It was like it was like all right, this upcoming soulful blues, the blues, you know, or soulful songstress yeah. with a bluesy background, and from you know, and like I'm just right. like, that sounds exactly like the woman you had on last week, and the duo of women you had on the week before, and the Nashville artist you had on the week before that. Literally, <laughs> the copy is almost exactly the same. I know you would think for all those monies that all the money that they pay those writers that they wouldn't just use the same paragraph over I, and over and over again. I mean, but in, in fairness. They all met that qualification. Like the yeah. for a long time, like for a long time, like the literally the everyone for like a while there sounded like Jack White. Like mm-hmm. every artist that they had on CBS Saturday sounded like Jack White. Oh, so I completely, I believe des- that all. The so way. describe yeah. Jack White, and then that's what you have. <laughs> yeah, and like that's one of those kind of styles of music that like it's just so it's friendly you know what i'm saying like it's rock with a little bit of the bluesy stuff so Mm -hmm. like you're not taking like a giant gamble by like having like lightning bolt on the show or something like that (laughs) you know so uh, that's a really that that is absolutely they introduce guar (laughs) (laughs) the devouring (laughs) asshole eats um eats someone on stage eats anthony mason (laughs) that's right and there are they're a rock band with some bluesy stuff and some kind of comical stage performance. Everybody here's Guar. <laughs> I, I hope that I'm famous enough to be eaten by the asshole on stage one time. Yeah, you know, I have never seen Guar in concert. Like, I've been to festivals. I, I have neither. That, like, I, I want to just to have that experience. But, like, I've been to festivals. I just I haven't gotten around to seeing it. And, like, 
God, I can't even think of the last time that they played out here. But like, I just love all the comical theatrics and stuff. Like, it's so tongue in cheek. And mm-hmm. I, there are a bunch of bands that do like not necessarily getting eaten by an asshole on a stage, but completely like absorb this false persona that they've yeah. like, stage persona that they've like created. Steel Panther and um, okay, I guess there's a yeah. whole bunch. There's a whole bunch of like '80s style rock bands that do it. Right, right. Yeah. And there's a, a local metal band called uh, Queen of Hell, like local in Cleveland. They totally, they do mm-hmm. all that stuff. It's, it's just fucking great. It's just, it's just so entertaining, you know? Right, right. <laughs> okay, so last question here in um, the opening section is like, if you were to personify the misinformation machine in the form of an action movie villain, which action movie villain would it be? Uh, I hope I'm not stealing this from you because to me this was, this was, it was on point, but it's still like... It's on point, but like I still love it. Um, it's the Joker from The Dark Knight. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I had Bane, so we're in the same Okay, good. there you so go. I, I had a feeling. I had a feeling. Um, Agent of Chaos, there's not really... With the Joker, there's not really a specific goal. Like, I guess the the over, the over general idea of what the, what the Joker's trying to do is to create an atmosphere of paranoia and chaos and distrust amongst you know just amongst the populace of gotham and in this case the the general pop the general populace and then also the joker wants to drag all the key players you know batman commissioner gordon uh robin take your pick take your pick Mm -hmm. of the the good guys he wants to drag them into a battle that can't be won Right. right like that's kind of the kind of the um the idea behind the dark knight like how far are you gonna go to Mm -hmm. destroy the joker because you could go to great lengths and possibly you know destroy your own principles and destroy the city in the process to get to get the joker and that's what he wants you to do that's what the misinformation machine wants it wants to destroy everything yeah i'm telling you that is absolutely genius i'm glad that we stuck in the, the christopher nolan's dark the dark knight trilogy and you make it i'm telling you that is exactly what it is right there that is just an agent of chaos and stuff and he wants that like level of destruction he wants that level of chaos that paranoia and everything and the whole um the whole dilemma of like being able to get him, but sacrificing your morals and stuff is just like a foundation of the, the character of Batman. It's mm-hmm. the foundation of their entire relationship and everything. Right. And like, I went with Bane in the sense that this is just like this unstoppable commanding force that like, not even like a hero like Batman could like totally defeat and everything. And like, you know, there are some things like in terms of the dark Knight rises where that they, they don't get into where it's like, yeah, he, he totally took the city hostage, but I'm pretty sure he probably picked up some Gotham City people willing to fight on his mm-hmm. side along the way. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't really get into that part in the movie, but it's like completely believable that like this guy would would siege the city, you know, via a grand entrance at a, uh, a Gotham Rogues football game, and people would be drawn into that and stuff. And like, you know, they one thing that Christopher Nolan did really, really well in his trilogy um, was to was to like. Gotham City was almost like a like a like a secondary not a secondary but like a a couple degrees below secondary character in the entire trilogy and mm-hmm. like Gotham City had a personality and like its people had this like kind of vibe and personality to them and um the fact that somebody like that could come in wreak that kind of havoc and take control the way that he did it is 100% in the realm of believability that a lot of citizens would join up to his cause and yeah. to fall, to fall victim to his, his ways. You get it. You get a little peak of it. It's a really good point. You get a little peak of it. They don't get too far into it, 
but a lot of the the Gotham power players are mm-hmm. the ones that take up Bane's side, thinking that they'll yeah. be able to like not knowing that hey, by the way, he wants to nuke the entire city. Right. Um, you know, not knowing that, but that like hey, at least like until it happens, we'll be able to like sort of live free, if you will. Um, right. So you're a hundred percent correct. I think about this as sort of you know, Bane is the if you want to take this analogy or you want to take this um, this uh, analogy a little bit farther. Um, sort of the the or I should say the people in Gotham that that are sort of jumping on board with him those are like the those are the um the the online agitators on Twitter and you know in the, in the in the blogospheres that like are very extreme one way or the other and then Bane is Fox News picking up those picking up yep. any little scrap that he can use to yep. to 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 reinforce his idea, ideology like the just the way the you know just the way the conservative um, blogosphere works, it's just this. I trust me, I see it every fucking day at work. It's this complete circular cesspool of bizarre articles that float around between the Federalist, Daily Signal, Daily Caller. Um, there's another one that Mike Flynn is associated with, um, mm-hmm. and every now and then one of those articles floats up to Breitbart or floats up to Fox News and. So, you know, in this case, Bane would be Fox News cherry picking something that he can use that would that would sort of like reinforce his his ideology to make him right. Because, you know, he needs the only way that that siege of Gotham works is if there are people willingly going along with it. That's right. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. That's the only way that it's going to work. And that's a, a wonderful, wonderful analogy right there that he is like the Fox News and he'll take it. It doesn't matter who you are, as long as you're signing up for the cause, as long as you're willing to donate your time to give the views to be something that he can profit from, that that's all that matters to him. You adopted Fox News. I was born in it. <laughs> That was perfect and hands down a great way to end the opening discussion here. And so now that the scouting report is in, (laughs) we fight. (laughs) (laughs) And now it's time for the main event. The flames of the six-sided ring of fire have been lit, and it's the last faction heroes versus the misinformation machine. We are going to fight the misinformation machine to the death by selecting five different articles or videos that present misinformation and drive the battle axe of truth through their fucking skulls. The rules. There will be five categories, including a wild card. We're only going to do one Fox OAN Newsmax article, and I figure with all the misinformation that those guys put out, we could probably get something for each category and probably 10 more episodes on this. Um, You must also answer the below questions for each category, which I will read off momentarily. And then you also have to cite the article or video by naming its author, director, publishing, or posting date and where the article or video came from. And uh, this is optional, but there's this whole finishing move thing. If you want to add a finishing move or a cool type saying at the end, that is totally um, optional. And I will read off right now the questions. And the questions to answer are, what specifically about this article is factually inaccurate? And if there's more than one thing, be sure to list it. What is the correct information that should have been in the article or video? White what type of audience would be drawn to this piece? And is there any harm that can come from this misrepresentation of facts? 
So we could start off, uh, but just go right on down the list with politics. So let's start off with our first uh, first battle here with the political category. In the political category, Chama, the article that you're about to blow up uh, my spot a little bit on that I had to stop you from doing so, but you, you already know what I'm going to talk about. And I'll read the exact article title because it's hysterical. Um, this is originally out of the... Uh, there's. I'm going to have two articles for this, but I'll explain why um mm-hmm. this one is out of the washington free beacon uh it's just from a couple of weeks ago february 7th 2022 uh <clears throat> the author is supposedly named patrick hoff but for a lot of these conservative sites that could be no one um it could just be like a not a real person um but anyway the the article titled is biden admin to fund crack pipe distribution to advance racial equality or racial equity excuse me um Basically, the the gist of the article is that um, the Biden admin is going to spend $30 million to fund crack pipes for African-Americans. It's an absolutely absurd statement, but it's an absolutely absurd statement. And the Washington Free Beacon isn't like a even amongst like the conservative blogosphere and the conservative media sites. It's not like this isn't like a power player whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Um, This is, you know, like. Obviously, you have, you have Fox News and Breitbart are like probably your two biggest. Daily Caller, Daily Signal are below that. Um, uh, Western Journal, Western Journalism, and then you go down to like the Federalist and some of these other ones. This is definitely below those. However, because the because the um, the title was fucking catnip for conservatives, Fox News and specifically specifically Tucker Carlson picked this up and ran with it and for the better part of like 10 days I remember this while i was while i was working how often this popped up for the better mm-hmm. part of 10 days there are various um media outlets both very conservative and not um you know ones that were more down the middle were reporting this as fact and it is so patently fucking false it's ridiculous these what the 30 million dollars for was a, it was part of a larger grant to health and human services or as from health and human services to provide uh, to provide harm reduction kits for people who are addicted to drugs to mm-hmm. help prevent overdoses. Uh, they didn't have the the HHS website didn't have the specifics of like what goes into a harm reduction kit, but I'm gonna go ahead and guess. I, I know some of them. I know for sure some of them were like alcohol swabs. Um, yep. Some of them were um, certain like mouthpieces for um, for pipes and other things to help you know people from swapping germs and swapping spit. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, the the alcohol swabs to wipe down needles and wipe down injection sites. Um, yep. uh, you know, I, I'll go ahead and assume that Narcan is in there in case someone does overdose. Um, the point being that like they just don't want people to die, get AIDS, and spread it. Like that's right. that's the idea behind these harm reduction kits, and they're in use literally all over the world in the United States. They're not new. This is something that's been going on since I want to say like at least the seventies. This is mm-hmm. not new, but but the you know the art but again the 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 article title is just too good to pass up it's got biden's name in it and it has biden giving crack pipes to black people is essentially what what the beacon is saying um right. the beacon even quotes and i had to get this from i got some of this from the day from a daily beast article that in fact checked it um <clears throat> let me find the exact quote here if i can um everyone loves people looking up stuff on podcasts um, always good radio, always good, uh, podcasting. Oh, it's um, the best. Yeah, I know. I, I, I can't find it right now, but basically 
the the article also cited um, cited an HHS official um, that that yes, this is going this is uh, going towards crack pipes for racial for racial equity. And you know, the Daily Beast did some research, talked to an actual HHS spokesperson, said that whoever this reporter called them didn't exist, and the person they talked to didn't exist either. So it's it's just it's one of those it's this is this has been happening you know for years but it's now that there's like there's literally because of the these smaller sites like like the Washington Free Beacon these smaller sites have no real responsibility to you know cuz like i said there is a kernel of truth to this so mm-hmm. they have no real responsibility to report the facts when they can just sort of report it how they feel like it as long as there is a kernel of truth Right, exactly. And I'm well aware of the story. I was kind of pissed off about this because I'm getting really sick of this. Um, people like, especially on the right, playing this like addiction card, like this is just some Democrat specific problem. Kettering, Ohio, which like voted for Trump tenfold. Um, and Dayton is the only major city, I believe, in or, you know, major city in quotations in Ohio that the county did not go for Biden and everything. And I will tell you um, that this problem is on both sides of the political coin. And this is like something that is really like this is taking lives. This is spreading disease. This is creating a lot of hell for a lot of people like this addiction disease that these, that a lot of people go through mm-hmm. and with some of these people that would require these kind of harm reducing kits have got it real fucking bad. Like they've got it bad that they've got it so bad that like these people who are so angry that these, that these, these less fortunate people are getting stuff to help basically just make sure that they don't fucking die or get sick or right. make, reduce those chances. It just pisses me off because like rich people and stuff like that should not be or conservatives. Everybody should not be mad about this kind of stuff, you know, but you have that little freaking nugget of truth. And like the, the nugget of truth is actually um, it's these syndrilical like stem pieces that go in the kits that are designed to be mouthpieces and stuff like that, you know, like and with some, you know, not so complicated engineering you could take these things and like modify them and stuff like that you know that's this stupid little kernel of truth that like it's like hey by the way like you know how much what you'd have to do to like get this to become a crack pipe and stuff there there are in some previous iterations of these harm reduction kits in both in the the u.s and abroad there have Mm -hmm. been crack pipes have been in there okay because they want them to not smoke out of dirty disgusting disease (laughs) implements Right. It's the whole point. It's the whole point. We don't want these people to get sick and die. We don't want these people to get sick and get other people sick. And those other people get other people sick. Like we would, if you're going to do drugs, okay, we might not be able to stop you. Don't get everyone sick and kill them while you do it. Right. Exactly. Don't like kill yourself too, you know, because there's a lot of people in, in very conservative sections of the, of the country that are going through these kinds of crises. Like this thing is taking souls all over the goddamn place. And like, if you are a conservative and like all you care about is that person sharing your ideology and you motivating them to get to the polls, I would think you'd want those people alive. You know what I'm saying? And like this whole thing could be like viewed as a really awesome and really great humanitarian thing to help like preserve whatever quality of life these people may have. 
And instead, it's blown completely out of proportion in this racial context that it is. I mean, the whole thing is completely geared and flicking the the conservative buttons of racism and stuff. And I, I feel that that is that that's really really wrong here because this this like addiction thing is always like it's always some kind of fucking scapegoat that the conservative media always assigns to like the African American community while like completely like ignoring the fact that like in trailer truck in trailer parks and in West fortune. I was going to say most drug addicts are white, by the way. Yeah. That, yeah, that is also true. Yes, definitely. And like, I would think that they would want to like have those people be helped as well, you know? And if you want to talk about like what, here, here's a photo op for you, Josh Mandel. Why don't you go around giving people in Kettering, Ohio that aren't as fortunate as others, giving them the opportunity to like, you know, extend their lives, protect themselves, make sure they're doing what they're doing in a sanitary way. Cause people are going to do it anyway. You're not going to stop that nearly. And by trying to stop it, you're just going to have them do it more. So you might as well just have them do it responsibly. And we could all focus on stuff that like, you know, this matters, but we could also focus on stuff that also matters. Mm-hmm. And then Josh Mandel could use the Southern accent while he's down there too. Oh, exactly. Um, yeah. God, that's fucking weird. But you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and this this sort of this sort of outrage feels very much like the evangelical um, mm-hmm. sort of outrage that has taken over the conservative party. Um, that you know, sort of that like this is the way the way that evangelicals view stuff like addiction, drug use, whatever. That it's that person's fault. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's their it's their fault that they're this way. It's their fault that they're doing this. It's a strict like even though God forbid you know your fucking genetics wire you in such a way that right like alcohol tastes a little too good, it's so good mm-hmm. that I can't fucking stop drinking it, or you know what have you, um, mm-hmm. and and that that feels very evangelical. And of course that sort of whole wing is t- that's why Mike Pence is vice president. <laughs> like yeah if, yeah. if, if if Trump was not concerned about the evangelical vote, Mike Pence would still be in Indiana trying to convert gays. Yeah, no, that's a hundred percent right. Yeah, it's like the two of them combined are like the the two worst halves of the party put together in one mm. administration and stuff, you know. And like evangelicals fall victim to this stuff too. You know, there's no, there's nothing stopping an evangelical. It's just as easy for an evangelical to get hooked on this stuff and to mess up their lives as it is for anybody like myself, the neighbor, the dude who's walking his dog across the street right now. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's just, it's a, such a easy thing because it's substances that are designed to get you hooked and stuff. You know what I'm saying? It's basically like a coin flip. If you ever do it, if you're going to get hooked or not. So right, right. I, I think that this should be more of a universal, more of a, universal issue that is met with no bickering and no fighting and no crazy propaganda campaigns like this <laughs> you'd think but you know yeah. can't we can't have nice things chema no we can't no not at all not at all which is going to bring me to mine so yeah go for you, it you talk about how we can't have nice things all right so like i was like wow like you know just fox news man really like cranking out the hits lately and um this is why i'm going to talk about the story that they are beating the drum on for this week and it's one that they've actually beaded the drum on for so fucking long you'd think they'd beat a hole in this thing but no that drum head is still taut and ripe and still banging out them beats so right now fox news is current and this is this has been going on all week, at least in terms of the more recent thing. It started on Monday because there was a court filing late on Friday in the John Durham investigation 
whatever he's doing. He's investigating the origin of the Russia scandal. Mm -hmm. And like he um, made a filing that's it's against this guy named Matt Sussman, Mark Sussman. He's a, a basically like a, an attorney for the Democrats. He's on trial right now and he's dealing with like a line to the FBI type situation yeah. and stuff. And so like he's in a little bit of a hot water. This um, John Durham guy, you know, I, I guess like try to add insult to injury by throwing in this filing on top of a case that this guy Sussman was already was already facing. And in the, um, there's really like in the report, there's really nothing to what Fox news is, is currently perpetuating right now. There's really no foundation to the actual, to the truth, but like there's this little like kernel and stuff about cell phones and Russian cell phones being in proximity of the white house. And they somehow translated this into like Hillary spied on the Trump campaign. And yes. <laughs> yeah. And so this is a, this is, they were beating this horse in 2016. They were beating it in 2017, 18, 19, 20, 21 and then welcome back to it in 2022 so this is the 2022 version of hillary spied on trump the um their basis for this has already been disproven actually and it was um the new york times even wrote an article about it back in september that disproved this um this just like you know hillary spied on trump 2021 so like they, they it seems like this whole thing is addressed like every year in some in some fashion so the most recent like you know this was most recently disproven in september and now the, it's come back into the news cycle and you know basically like this guy's report it doesn't even there's no mention of spying there's no espionage there's no Anything in that neighborhood in these documents that this guy um, Durham just recently filed. Mm -hmm. But however, since we're revisiting a headline in the origins of the Russia investigation special counsel, this is something that's going to make headlines. And also with the amount of losses and shit that is going on in the Trump world, Fox is really pushing this one through the roof. It's like, oh, we got to bring back Hillary in there. Something's going wrong with the conservatives. Time to time to play mm -hmm. the Hillary card. And um, so we've been basically revisiting this hatred for Hillary again on the, the conservative side very early in 2022. And um, this absolutely, absolutely drives me up a wall. Um, I personally can't stand it. This whole thing is completely just aimed at, at the base, at their audience. Um, it's 100% not true in any way, shape or form. And like, this is just one of these things that just, it, it completely just disenfranchises people from the truth. And now we're like, I, I don't want to say that like, this is in the same territory as Jewish space lasers. Cause man, that is in a whole other category of on its own. But like, this is slowly moving up the mountain of some like really outrageous stuff, especially because of the frequency at which they've repeated it. Mm -hmm. And um, I just got to tell you, man, like I, I Adam Shabluski is not necessarily like the biggest Hillary guy. Like I did vote for her because of what the alternative necessity. was. Yeah, necessity. <laughs> exactly. And the um, I kind of I want her to go away almost as much as anybody else does. And the only people that keep bringing her back into <laughs> the, like into the, the into the popular into the zeitgeist 
is conservative media. Like conservative media, I'm on your side. I don't want Hillary. I just, I kind of want her to make dinner speeches. She was a secretary of state. She was a presidential candidate. Like these are extremely significant achievements and she will be writing books, making speeches, giving presentations, being a figure. Let her do that, but can we like not cover it? There's really no fucking reason to cover it. What you can cover is, um, you know, why don't you cover the fact that the president just or the former president got ordered to submit to a deposition and what is likely a fraud case that's developing against them and stuff? Like, will they show photos of the Trump motorcade pulling up to um, Letitia James's building? Of, of course not. You know, and they even cut away from Hillary's speech today. They spent the whole morning like, you know, God, Hillary talking, Hillary talking. They cover like not even like two minutes of the speech to start off with because Hillary immediately and, and what she should be doing is rallying against January 6th and all the Trump stuff. They're like, hey, Hillary's getting loud. So we got to cut away for a second. And they're just like, yeah, she's making a speech while the Durham report was filed that insisted she spied on President Trump. It's just it's just disgusting. Like This is just like outright lying. And like, I, I want Hillary to go away, but they just keep bringing her back, dude. Just when I think she's gone, they pull her back. Mm hmm. It's and the biggest. So I would I would liken the um, the Hillary stuff with Fox News, and I mean really it's it's all these fucking outlets, um, but especially Fox News. They they know that they have to keep their audience addicted, and this is this is their fucking free crack pipes for um, you know for their audience is just let's just drag Hillary through the mud again today. I know because we have to keep these people watching. Like, so we have to blow up everything from this fucking stupid probe and we have to keep dragging Hillary back into it because what else are we going to fucking talk about? Yeah, you would think that people would get sick of hearing about it. They love it. They probably are having a, the ratings boost of their life for right now probably. because of this stuff. And like, I just, dude, even it's, at some point in time, like you just get sick of hearing about it. Like whether it's, whether whether it's, it's Hillary, whether it's Aaron Rodgers, whatever it is, at some point in time, you just get sick of hearing about it. And like, apparently that is not a thing on the other side of the political coin. Like they want to talk about stuff from like forever ago, the same headlines for forever ago that mm -hmm. amounted to nothing. <laughs> oh, no, for sure. And, uh, you know, and it's I, 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 I think it's because and I think the biggest part of this is because Trump's not in the White House anymore. So yeah. they can't they can't spend you know they can't spend like a, a certain portion of their programming every day uh, fawning over something that Trump did. So right, they exactly. have to go back and and take bites out of Hillary and and talk about how Joe Biden is you know is like mentally deficient because that's all they can do right yeah. now. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. Like they are really like playing the fucking hits and stuff, and I like. I, I am just like, my God, you guys, like, I mean, it's like, I thought it was, it was obviously bad before, but it's like, it's just like worse now. And I, I, part of me still even thinks that like when they called Arizona before everybody else, the whole thing was just a ploy to keep their audience addicted because if Trump lost fair and square or whatever, you know, like there's, there's nothing to sell them on if he lost fair and square, like why would they continue to keep watching Fox news if there wasn't something post the election for the, for them to feed on, you know, so it's like, Oh, Arizona audits, it's this, that, the other, you know? And like, if, if in their minds, like if this was a fair election and that he lost fair and square, no one would care. You know what I'm saying? Like they'd be getting no ratings off of mm -hmm. whatever uh, the Eminem the thing and Minnie Mouse wearing a pantsuit as part of a promote cross promotion with somebody. Like, right. 
yeah, just ridiculous. It drives me nuts. So I'm glad we had this one uh, first. Get all that out of the get all that out there and stuff. All the political, uh, at least you know the political stuff um, for now. So let's move into sports. So let's um, here share your uh, misinformation sports. Uh, well, piece. mine actually mine actually stays a little bit political. Okay. Um, and this isn't, um, the article's not original. The, what happened was in 2017, um, a, a photo starts circulating of Michael Bennett. I, I don't know if you remember who Michael Bennett was. I'm going to look that up right now. Um, played, played for the Seattle, he was on the Legion of Boom Seattle Seahawks defense. He was one of the defensive ends. Um, played for a couple other teams too. Um, photo starts circulating of him in 2017, of him in the locker room burning an American flag. And it's it starts from it's I believe it started in a, a Facebook group called Vets for Trump, and mm-hmm. this was oh, at yeah. the this was at the height of the um, this is at the height of the um, NFL anthem dealing protests, yeah. And Colin, Colin Kaepernick and you know support for Colin Kaepernick, um, Chuba, if, if you found the picture, you can see how obviously the Photoshop job is. Oh, I'm looking at it right now. That is pretty goddamn bad. I mean, it's it's not like it's. I mean, it's but like the proportions and stuff are correct, like it, it's sized correctly. But like, mm-hmm. if you can, but like, there's so many other things like his hands not holding the flag, like it's right. placed near his like the yeah. the lighting is incorrect. Everything that's happening right. in this picture is incorrect. Um, so you know, so it's obviously fake, but it's enough. And this kind of goes back to how we talked about how, um, you know, people will reach for ideas and reach for things to defend their ideology, no matter like how kind of far fetched they are. You Mm -hmm. if you already hate the idea of kneeling for the national anthem, you're already pro Trump. You're already sort of on the you know, you're on the side of of the uh, not that you should be against the troops. But if you're like one of those weirdos who's like hyper pro troops. Um, you know, and you have to share it every fucking day online, tell people how much you love the troops. Um, then this little bit of this picture and this bit of information is more than enough to confirm, but it's confirmation bias more than enough, more than enough to confirm your bias. And Mm -hmm. to add to it, it's not a coincidence that they chose Michael Bennett. Um, Michael Bennett is a noted uh, Kaepernick supporter, very mm-hmm. outspoken, um, very outspoken supporter of black social uh, justice initiatives at the time. This is pre this is pre Black Lives Matter. So there wasn't really like a collective name for this idea. Um, so it's not like a coincidence that he was the target of this particular crappy Photoshop job. Um, even if this photo was real, why would the team be around him cheering? <laughs> right. Even exactly. Even if this was real. Why would anyone from the Seattle Seahawks organization allow this photo to be published? Yeah, I know, right? Like, it's like the fact that somebody even thought that this kind of shit goes on in a locker room is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Fucking ridiculous. Um, ridiculous. And hey, surprise! Guess who's guess whose family has a very very is stocked with military veterans? Michael Bennett's family is stocked with military veterans. Um, I think, I think his dad, he and his brother, he had a twin brother that played in the NFL too, Martellus Bennett. Um, but like, I think their dad, their uncle, and like three or four other family members, immediate family members all served in the military. Very unlikely that this person would be burning a flag because he hates the troops. 
Right. Oh my God. That is just, that makes the whole thing even more infuriating. Like it's, this is just a clear example of definitely nobody doing any type of research whatsoever. Anybody who believed this easy Wikipedia search might give you some uh, insight into how much the military is valued by this particular family. And like, you're entirely right about the confirmation bias because like, this is something that at this time, like if you are one of those like hyper troop people and there, there's nothing wrong with like supporting the troops. Believe me, I do myself, but I, I don't do it at the hyper level. That right. I don't, I don't get online and tell know? people on Facebook that I'm supporting the troops just cause there are people that do that. So right, exactly. There are people that do it fucking today and they'll yep. do it tomorrow and quite possibly next week too. Actually they will. Um, so it is just like, this is, is is exactly what somebody with that kind of confirmation by. I mean, like they would see it and this is just like cranking all of the emotions like through the roof and stuff. But I happen to think that this is just so ridiculous that I, I, I just like, my God, like really guys, like you actually believe that this kind of stuff happens. I and mean, you said it all right there. Like would Seattle let this photograph get out? Absolutely. <laughs> Never, not. In a million going years. Never in a million years. Would other people be cheering? Uh, no. Other there'd be people that would be not, trying to not get in that photograph. You Pete, wouldn't see anybody else. Pete Carroll is standing like front, like in the like in the back left of the picture. Pete Carroll is prominently featured. There is no way in hell Pete Carroll would let himself get photographed in a picture like that. No way. Yeah, n- not a goddamn chance, dude. And like, it is just. This is just a really great example of how something so stupid can get taken so, so out of proportion and stuff in terms of misinformation and sports. Like, my fucking God. I mean, that Photoshop job is I – mean, the only thing they got right is the portions. Everything else is right. so wrong about it. it. Like, he's just holding this flaming flag right next to him. No big deal. No problem. Um, yeah, all those those flames are really defined too for being a action motion shots. You know? Right, I would think that because you, I, I, no, I, I could be wrong in this, but I would think like for flames to be photographed with that kind of definition, they would have have to have consumed the flag more because they would have to be bigger and more vibrant. But I, I could be wrong on on that. It just seems like that's just one of my observations. Right, it's I can I would almost guarantee you whoever made it got that flag from like a movie still or something, and then. Mm-hmm you know you know appropriately shrunk it down to the correct proportions um would be my guess but it's it's like and even if you thought this is real you could easily find the real picture easily mm-hmm. it's not yeah. that hard to oh, find yeah. it yeah i'd be like i know we're, this is years after the fed there were side by sides all over the place and stuff and yeah wouldn't, wouldn't it be wouldn't it be just ridiculous if this you're right if it was a movie but it was like um american history x and it's actually like a white guy waving a burning flag in the movie and stuff and they took this imagery of a white guy with a burning flag and then took the burning flag and put it on an african-american guy just, I, I could for some reason i could see that i could too i could too <laughs> yeah unfucking believable dude and that is Really, that's just another very infuriating thing here. I'm going to take a quick breath and then I'll move on to mine. <laughs> so mine is um, mine is not um, mine is a little bit lighter. I will say um, it's a uh, it's still like on the infuriating side, and I'll kind of get into some of the things that um, supplement my uh, agitation with what I'm about to describe. And um, so on Monday, like like two three days ago now, Monday. Um, there's something out there called ball sack sports, which is a fake sports headlines, fake everything. They got, they got a fake Twitter account. 
They even have fake writers that are affiliated with their fake Twitter accounts. And this um, quote from Kevin Garnett was shared, and I will read uh, the quote from Kevin Garnett that a lot of people thought was true. And it says, everybody is just running from grind nowadays, teaming up with each other. Back in my day, we did it the hard way. If you can't win alone, you're considered a bum, period. Now, for starters, Kevin Garnett had to go to a big three to win a championship. And very famously is like the first of the modern big three. <laughs> that is the fucking exact wording that I wrote in my description. <laughs> could be it's the first one of the first examples of the modern big three. And I put a 15 years NBA kind of tag on to it mm. just to give myself a time frame. But literally word for word what I wrote. And um, so the today when I checked the latest like kind of um, share count and everything. This fake quote from Kevin Garnett had over 30,000 likes, had over 2,000 retweets, and over 7,000 quote tweets. Now, um, normally, like, this kind of stuff happens all the time, but what got my attention was CNN's Daniel Dale, the, the their great fact checker and stuff, like, the, the guy who just been overworked for the last, like, you know, for four out of the last five years, mm-hmm. he, he had to chime in and tell people that this account was fake. And like, um, I'm really happy that he did that because I kind of, this, I kind of fell into this when this whole thing was like kind of ramping up on, on Monday afternoon. And one of the things that particularly bugs me about some misinformation in sports and when people get things wrong is that things happen. Like it just happens so goddamn fast. And like, there are certain people out there, not necessarily like your Schefter's and your Woj's like those guys, they like, I think are at least somewhat considerate of like the rumor mill that they put out. And there are sometimes too, where they might even go like kind of back and say like, Oh, you know, well the rumors of so-and-so being traded, like that guy didn't work out that the team didn't offer enough money. Sometimes they, they do a little follow-up anytime that they put out any kind of like just straight up rumor type story. But like this had a lot of heat on it so fast. And you should have read through some of these comments, dude. This was just like, yeah, you know, Boston 2008, it was great. There was like even like there were people out there like, oh, it's a lie. It's false, blah, blah, blah. And there were people commenting on the people telling that it's a lie. It's like, oh, fuck you. You know, like uh, this interaction with this fake, <laughs> fake uh, post that had just it got a lot of movement. And there were actually verified accounts that started to um, interact with, with this post and everything like that. And you could, you know, if you want to scroll through all the different comments and stuff, you could pick out a couple of them. But um, it was something that for a while got, it got some heat. Now, in, in general, like I feel the stuff like this is like, it's really, and, and things like early sports rumors. And I keep going back to like the whole thing when like, Oh, Hey, Tom Brady's retiring. Then Tom Brady's like, yeah, no, I'm not retiring. Or like, I haven't decided yet. And then a week later it's like, yeah, I'm going to retire. It's just kind of like all this unnecessary back and forth that I feel like clogs up some of the internets. Like why would anybody like, you know, like so far as to publish something 
a rumor like, hey, Tom Brady, like, that's a pretty big rumor that like one the greatest quarterback to ever touch the freaking football is about to retire. It just seems like they run with things a little too early. And this, you know, the radio starts talking about it. Everybody starts talking about it. And then it becomes not true or his. Hey, it's just, oh, my God, so-and-so got it wrong. Tom's coming out and saying this. And I just feel like this is just a lot of wasted time. And like in all reality, like the only way that this is really going to hurt somebody is if like reputable journalists start doing this stuff like way too much. It might put some kind of jeopardy into their career. It's this isn't something that's like going to like directly um, like hurt like myself or you or like the average the average person. But it's something that. I think is like a small piece of a larger puzzle of just misinformation that it, this is another type of misinformation and also like a rather pointless one. Like even in, for the, the existence of false, false exports and these fake quotes and some mm-hmm. of the shit that they do, it's not even satirical. It's not like the onion. It's not like a onion, but for sports, it's just people like putting out fake ass nonsense and like occasionally something hits and they've had other things that have hit in similar ways and stuff. And um, in the end, it just all ends up being bullshit. So it's just like, we're just like wasting all this like fucking time I feel. And like in this world that we live in where there's just such this desire for headlines, there's this desire for content. If you're on the radio, talk radio, this desire for conversation, the need for conversation, it's just like, aren't any of you guys just like pumping the brakes a little bit here? Like we need to announce everything as soon as it happens. And I, I just, I, I just don't like that sometimes because you get all invested, like the, the story of Tom Brady retiring. That's a huge story. That's like a significant thing to the game that changes the league when like the, the one of the greatest, greatest quarterback to ever touch the football leaves the league like this. And I'm telling you, there's just a lot of things that, um, the, the league is going to change like just, just like in overtime. So this is like a long story that I haven't totally thought out yet, but the NFL is, you know, will be changing and stuff and will evolve now that this great player has left. And I just was like, dude, you're just jumping the gun too early. And I, I just don't like that style of reporting because it makes me feel like I've just sat through all of this discussion and my God, wouldn't it be, you know, it's all the legacy talks, all that for nothing. And then a week later, yeah, the source was right in the first place. So why didn't you even release a statement that you weren't going to retire or that you were thinking about it, whatever? It's just a whole waste of time that clogs up our, our zeitgeist with nonsense. Well, it's this is, again, goes to the financial aspect of this. If you're first, if you're, if, if, and to quote the great Ricky Bobby, if you're not first, you're last. So it's imperative that Adam Schefter get that news out, like as fast as he can. It, it keeps his readership... Keeps those tweets up, keeps him employed, keeps his keeps money on his money in his pocket and food in his table, if you will. But it's it's interesting. I do think if this is a while this isn't like dire or serious or anything, I do think it's a, a piece of that puzzle in how we are desensitized to to fake news. Like mm-hmm. we see it so much that like it's it, even in our sports we see it. So we're yeah. just sort of like yeah whatever you know who who really cares doesn't really matter when it might really matter and someone might really care about it, but. Um, right. It's funny. I'm surprised because I almost went with this. There was um, for a long time there was a fake Adam Schefter account um, that had it, Adam Schefter was just spelled slightly differently, I think, and mm-hmm. um, it was from uh, the account was called Barry McCockiner. That should have been a fucking clue. Um, <laughs> yeah. That Barry McCockiner is not a real person. It's Barry McCockiner. But for 
he would just whoever was running the account would just run a um would just run a story like oh big news you know big news um antonio brown traded to um gets traded to the dallas cowboys or something like that and Mm -hmm. like legitimate reporters and legitimate news outlets would report that as being from adam schefter Jesus, yeah, I remember little rumblings of this, like some of the some of the specific events, like are a little lost on me. But I do remember this, like fake Adam Schefter account and everything. And like the thing is, is just that Adam Schefter is such a such a prominent voice in sports media that like a simple Twitter handle with his name slightly misspelled, like people just aren't going to look into that. You know, they're just not going to check it. They're just mm-hmm. going to see, Oh God, it's, it's Adam Schefter. You know, they're how they think his last name is spelled. And then, yeah, then people will, will run all over with that. Definitely. It's, it's not, it's no different than when people attack the wrong person on Twitter. Like, yeah. like if, if, you know, Mike Smith, not the, I'm not going to name a real person here, but someone named Mike Smith does something really awful in, in the public eye. Um, then all the Mike Smiths on Twitter and Facebook get fucking garbage just floated right at him because someone named Mike Smith did something and people are too fucking lazy to see if it's the right person. Oh, oh, I definitely know what you mean. There's a guy named Adam Gertz that keeps popping up every couple of weeks and uh, certain people like retweet little jokes that he makes and stuff. You know, it usually happens when the Florida congressman is in some kind of hot water. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. So and people even take out their frustrations with people with the wrong spelling name, mm-hmm. which is a couple letters off, you know? Right. Exactly. <laughs> All right, dude. So let's get into a big one here. Joe Rogan. Oh, Joe Rogan. Fucking Ivermectin, Ivermectin, Ivermectin himself. <laughs> yeah. So this one, all right, so this one, this is a little bit more to the point because it's so fucking bizarre even for Joe Rogan. Um, mm-hmm. So this is, uh, this is from an article from The, uh, from the Advocate, um, which is a um, LBGTQ um, you know, friendly news magazine. Um, or news site at this point, I guess. I don't think they actually have a print magazine anymore. But so if you, if you are unaware, Joe Rogan really hates transsexual people. Like, a lot. Um, why he's so fixated on it, who the fuck knows? Probably wants to fuck one. Um, would be my <laughs> guess. Um, yeah. But, so, Rogan, you know, he continuously has on um, has on guests that, like, help help reinforce, help his, you know, help his, his confirmation bias about why he hates trans people. Um, continuously has these people on. And they've, like, embedded these ideas that are so fucking bizarre in his head. Um, it, it, one of the one of the big ones, that, like the main one in particular, is that Rogan always spews this back out that the simple acceptance of trans people in society will lead to a society's collapse. That and he cites this British author um, and political commentator, I Douglas Murray, I think is his name. I didn't write it down, but I think it's Douglas Murray. Cites this guy who's who does like. He quote unquote does research, but it's very, very, um, it's very biased and skewed research into into conservative conservative topics. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so he claims that every ancient every ancient civilization that fell fell because of their obsession with different genders. <laughs> so Joe Rogan then, of course, like, oh, do your own research. This guy did his own research. I don't know. So trans people caused the end of the Roman Empire. Um, like, it's just this fucking bizarre thing that, like, I, like, <coughs> excuse me, 
it's just this fucking bizarre thing that like he can't let go um he'll even he even has like this other woman that comes on frequently hold on one second Sorry, my brief Joe Rogan impression hurt my throat. Um, so he even has this one woman on who um, reinforces this discredited study that trans people are, quote unquote, social contagions. Uh, in other words, like their mere presence in society will pressure others into claiming a trans identity. Um, wow. This study has been discredited multiple times and there's deep reasoning as to why this study was miscredited. But it doesn't matter because Joe Rogan hates trans people, so he's just going to re- he's just going to repeat these claims over and over again. Like again, it's kind of it's kind of funny. Like he always, and we've talked about it before. He always kind of he always kind of tries to put things in the perspective like, oh, I don't know, I'm just a guy who's thinking about things, and it's right, like, right. no, you're a fucking bad faith actor who's pushing very particular positions on people. The fact that you like you can pretend that you don't. That you don't know for sure, but if you were really, if you really didn't know and you were interested in finding out, you would find out about these things and you would no longer present them as fact. But he doesn't because he doesn't fucking care. Right. Oh, exactly. Like the fact that anybody believes that the transgender community and not um, a super large empire, rise of Germanic armies um, is the responsibility. Or was literally a thousand, the the literally a thousand different things caused the collapse of Rome. Like yeah, exactly. a ton of things. Yeah, and believe me, like even the two that I named are just the most basic and stuff. There is a thousand more specifics and everything. A crazy emperors, all this shit. Like, and somehow, a transgender community, which I'm assuming at that time would have been very small. Like, oh no, not at all. That's we've had multiple genders throughout all societies throughout all time. Right, but I'm just saying that, like in. Like, I don't think that, like, if you're talking, like, a certain percent, like, it's just not, like, a huge percentage of the population compared to today. You know, it's, it's probably, like... Probably, it's probably the same percent. Yeah, it's probably true, with, considering just, like, the Roman there's, population. There's only, like, there's only, like, 2% of people, like, identify themselves as trans. Yeah, I got... Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, you think about it that way. Like, um, with the percentage numbers and everything, and I'm looking at just a comparative population, I guess. Probably, those people used to fuck each other. Men, women, children didn't fucking matter. They used to fuck each other. Yeah, it might actually be larger now that you brought that into the equation. The percentage might be larger now that you uh, introduced that nugget of information and everything. So, like, I just I just think it's completely ridiculous. Like, I, I can't even, for the life of me, like, you know how the, the, the whole, like, we were talking about with, like, the nugget of truth. I can't even figure out what the nugget of truth would I, be to that. And, how that slippery slope that snowball right. gets bigger the, there there isn't any nugget of truth here it's just that this is this is probably i don't listen i don't listen to joe rogan i never will i don't fucking care um but this is more his show to me it, it, it just in the things that i hear and some of the articles that i read this is someone who wants people to come on again he's going to pretend like he doesn't know i don't know i don't know about this i got I just want more information no you want people to come on and agree with some weird position that you have that's oh, what you yeah. want. Yeah, exactly. I've seen I've seen videos of um, like doing some of the research for this where people come on that disagree with them. And it's always like, a, Psh, come on, like what? Where are you getting your stuff from? You know, or like, oh, are you sure who's writing your stuff? And then when somebody like agrees with them, it's like, oh, my God, it's like this, you're so right. Like, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, like, thank you for coming on and everything like that. And like I've seen him like even he was hammering a doctor about like um 
this is, you know, just one of these many pieces of information involving the virus and stuff. And it's like, it's one of these things where like, he just keeps, he keeps asking the medical profession, the medical professional, different versions of the same question in some way to try to trigger like an open-ended answer or an, a non right. definitive answer that he could then break apart to thus reinforce his own stances. And like when this medical professional wasn't having it, then it's like you resort back to this, like, you know, like Custer's last stance type of argument, which is just like, Oh, well, where are you getting your sources from? And I kind of feel that like, there's this like old saying that's like, and I can't remember who said it, but I have heard it repeatedly where it's like, if whoever's the first person to bring up the Nazis loses, it's almost (laughs) like, it's almost like the first person to bring up, the where are you getting your information from? It's to me that is that is like a first that is like a, a loss right there in terms of like a back and forth argument where somebody is trying to reach a definitive conclusion of some kind. It's like when you're bringing out the whole like oh well, where did you get your stuff from? It's to me it's like one of those situations where the um, the conspiracy people get to go on offense again because they the person aside of them or has been playing defense so well against any offense that they presented it's almost like they they bust out like a trick play at the end or something like that you know as a way to um, as a way to press the offense on the defender even farther you know yeah yeah this is um, yeah correct. And is is this not like one? This is this not a logical fallacy that basically Joe Rogan engages with 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 uh, opponents? I believe so. Yeah, I think I believe there's a, some a lot of logical fallacies in there. I can't remember the, the specific term because I'm sure that he does throw the straw man and the slippery slope and all that stuff in multiple episodes, probably in the same conversation. But I would have to think that there is a lot of logical fallacies in not only his thinking, but some of the presentations of his arguments. Yeah, it, it's, and again, his, I don't mind saying this about the Joe Rogan listener base. They're not smart enough to pick up on any of this. <laughs> no, you, you got that right, dude. And like, it's funny to me how his audience has, or his, his image has evolved over time. Because I remember when, in the early days of his podcast, um, certain outlets were kind of, heralding him as a modern like timothy leary type you know this mm-hmm. um kind of like this this beacon of common sense intelligence and in, like a divided world and stuff you know and then like over time he's literally worked himself into like maybe not alex jones but he's like living next door in the neighborhood of bullshit and disinformation on podcast hosts and stuff. And the fact that he's as popular as he is, it's definitely a testament to people and their confirmation bias and, and, and everything, you know, and like yeah. that, that information that he's presenting out there is going to be attracted to a lot of people that are outright bigots. Maybe, maybe they're not outright bigots, but maybe they're just trying to make sense of the transgender community and stuff like that. Like, I, I don't want to, I'm trying to like find a harmony here between there isn't Joe Rogan who, is Timothy Leary for bigots. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, good, good. I don't need to find the harmony. There. No, there's good. no harmony. I won't even, I won't even, I won't even try. <laughs> okay, good. Very nice. I'll stop trying. I mean, like, well, well, <laughs> like legitimately what, what intelligent people who have nuanced opinions on the, today's topics that you know listen to Joe Rogan. 
none actually that's a, yeah that's a good point joe rogan yeah. joe rogan is <laughs> fucking trailer park timothy leary yeah yeah you got that right man and i'm telling you like it 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 sucks to see people go this route because like at, le- at least in the beginning there seemed to be some kind of like okay like he's not that bad like maybe it is entertaining to listen to and then just over time it's all gone and it's all gone downhill yeah there was there was a point in time direction you're right there was a point in time and i love how you made that timothy leary kind of kind of comparison there was a point in time in the early days of that podcast where you know you were going to get like an opinion that you didn't agree with but it wasn't so like wildly it wasn't so wildly in the face of or, or shouldn't say that it wasn't so like um offensive on its face like yeah. and now his opinions are just offensive and, yeah, and like it's... offensive and like he doesn't care that they're offensive like it's one thing to sort of like be uncomfortable with an idea like you could if he said like you know i, I don't if you if you were to say something like you know i just like i don't really understand the trans community or the gay community and like it, it's just you know i don't have interaction with them every day i don't see them every day it's just not something i'm familiar with and then had a guest on who could like help him out with that who could explain it that would True. be something different than basically eh, trans people caused the fall of, uh, of ancient Greece. Yeah. And dude, no, you're totally right on that. Like if you put some forth a level of understanding, it might be a little bit different, but it, but it's not. And I, I, I could be wrong on this too, because I've only seen early clips and this was a long time ago. I mean, believe me, I've been tuned out of him with the exception of headlines and some of the research that it did for this episode. Uh, like I've been sort of tuned out for his non-controversial shit or whatever, right? I, like yeah. just a regular podcast, I guess. And like, it seemed in the earlier days, he hadn't chosen his enemies, you know, and that's why it seemed like some of these opinions and some of these thoughts that he that he maybe had on like entertainment or UFC uh, had maybe sounded insightful because he hadn't defined who his yeah. who his enemies, the, the antagonistic forces were. Now that he has defined and channeled his negativity and his aggression onto the LGBTQ community, this vaccine misinformation. It's like now that he's got that focus, it's like given it's almost like in his mind, giving himself permission to really crank up some of his opinions and his negative, bigoted opinions to like 11, 12, 13. I, yes, I think that is a really good way to put it. I think that is a really, really good way to put it. Yeah, it's like there's something about like once you find out who you're fighting or who makes you mad or whatever you want to call it, that that is just like how you once you figure out how and who to insult and then the, the insults and everything just like that get more and more extreme. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. And again, he makes a lot of money by, by, yeah. by picking these targets. And like right now it's obviously it's, um, you know, the, the vaccine, uh, vaccine misinformation, but also, uh, right now he's picking a fight with cancel culture, which of course has made him richer. A hundred million dollars on Spotify, dude. I can't put like a hundred fucking million dollars. Oh, two hundred million. Podcast. That's the actual figure is two hundred million, as it turns out. For a fucking podcast, bro. <laughs> like, I mean, that is number one. That's like a, my dream come true, right here. I'll take a hundred, two hundred million dollars for just about anything. But uh, that's like, a, I mean, in terms of like what podcasting is, that is like through the stratosphere money and it's stuff ridiculous. like that, and. Like I, I appreciate 
Neil Young and Joni Mitchell and maybe some of these artists and people who host podcasts that have yanked their material. Like if this is something that um, you would like to do, I, I, I am all for it. Like it is within oh, your I don't fucking care. freedom. <laughs> like, like, ooh, whoa, why did it take but, a huge stand? But, but, but the fact that like – but, they're, but what I'm going to say here is that it doesn't mean it's not amounting to anything. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if people want to like do that stuff, like I, I, to me, it doesn't care. Like whatever, whatever you want to do it, go do it. But like Neil Young, the Beatles, Radiohead, and you could have half of the bands in the world unite, Katy Perry included, all leave and Spotify will just be like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like we put 200 million into this guy. We're going to get our 400 million out of it. Right, exactly. The only way that they, they would change tack is if like, if like Beyonce and BTS were to unite mm-hmm. to, right. cause then you're losing, you know, one of the Taylor Swift, if they were to all unite, you'd have the two biggest female artists in the United States and the biggest artists in the entire world. Um, you mm-hmm. know, you'd be, you know what I mean? Like that would be too much to overcome for them to not yeah. do something. Let me tell you, it would just be some form of poetic justice. If like Beyonce and a Korean boy band were the people that yeah, that took him off of Spotify. I know. Notes. I know. Oh, I get happy just thinking about it. So mine. Um, so sorry about that. Anyway, go ahead. Hey, back to Joe Rogan. Yeah. All right. Okay, dude. So mine, this is one that I'm sure you are more than aware of. Believe me, it has been making its rounds. I read a couple of articles in terms of the fact checking. I did uh, an August 31st or sorry. A August 31st, 2021 PolitiFact article, and then I also did a January 31st, 2022 BBC.com article to verify Joe Rogan's claim that he made on August 20th, 2021, about 53 minutes or so into the episode, and he was interviewing a Canadian freelance writer named Megan Murphy, where he said... You know, it's not really a vaccine in its traditional sense. A vaccine is where they take a dead virus and they turn it into a vaccine. They inject it into your body so that your body fights it off. It develops antibodies and your body understands what that is. Whether it's measles measles or polio, it knows how to fight it off. This is really gene therapy. It's a different thing. It's tricking your body into producing a spike protein and making these antibodies for COVID. But it's only good for a few months, they're finding out now. The efficacy wanes after five or six months. And I'm not saying that people shouldn't take it, but I am saying you're calling it a thing that it's not. It's not exactly the thing you're saying it is. And you're mandating people take it. So Joe Rogan here is basically accusing the coronavirus vaccine of being some form of gene therapy, meaning that the vaccines will alter your DNA in some way, shape, or form. And the BBC.com, their reality fact, their reality check team did a really, really great job of breaking down this claim. And they say here that none of the COVID vaccines change your genetic material or DNA, essentially the recipe book for how how the instructions of your body, how it works, that that is DNA. Vaccines that are made by Pfizer and Moderna harness a different molecule called messenger RNA. So if DNA is the blueprint for how your body works, RNA is the messenger that carries the instructions to your cells. So in the case of the COVID vaccine, the message to your cells is to turn the RNA into a piece of the virus's spike protein. That's what fires up your immune system to start producing antibodies and other cells to fight off the virus. 
when the message has been received by the DNA, the RNA from the virus is broken down and disposed of. And so in all reality, it doesn't interact with any genetic material at all. It doesn't alter the DNA in any way, shape, or form. It's just something that uses your messenger RNA to help you build up these antibodies to the virus. But for him to suggest that it's some form of gene therapy, it's really saying multiple different things that appeal to his base and his people of his crowd of anti-vaxxers that flock to him for you know the latest health information instead of their trusted doctors or other health professionals. And like what he's saying here, on, you know, obviously on the on the the text here on the surface is the phrase gene therapy. But like what he's really saying, like underneath all this stuff is that COVID, like the vaccine is going to do something to you. Mm -hmm. And this is what is factually inaccurate. And the only thing, I mean, it does something to you in the positive sense, like it gives you protect protection against the virus, but it doesn't do what he's implying. And I think my own personal opinion is what I think the implication here casts a very, very wide net. So this is another way for him to go on offense. So when he says something like the phrase gene therapy, this casts a pretty wide net in the minds of the people that listen to him as far as what the vaccine will do to you. And like, I will go on a personal limb here and say that some of these things may range from um, simple, like, oh my God, like I might have a little bit of hair grow out of my chest all the way to, hey, by the way, if I take this COVID vaccine, maybe I'll become transgender because it alters my genes or I'll become I'll become gay because it alters my genes or I'll do something that mm -hmm. I am completely disgusted with because it alters my genes. And this is really wrong. And at a time um, when vaccine information, not misinformation, is needed and needed to be delivered in a clear in a clear message, which I feel that a lot of our health professionals have done, this is just basically an effort to undermine what they have done to attract this crowd, this flock that has now gravitated towards him to also keep his listenership up. And it also gives him the opportunity to kind of go with the whole, well, yeah, you know, you guys are just answering questions here. Like, mm -hmm. I'm just saying what I'm seeing here, you know, and like, you know, but also at the same time, only invite people on to contradict that will contradict you only to pull the whole where you get your sources card. And it also is just one of those things where this gives an opportunity for people that are not Joe Rogan that have a voice uh, that have some type of platform to join him on this anti vaccine crusade. And ultimately this, you know, not everybody is going to um, experience some type of bodily harm, mm -hmm. but there will be certain people out there that get sick or, uh, or pass away. And they're doing this because they're only doing this and not getting the vaccine because they, this uh, reinforces their confirmation bias. This completely plays into the narratives that they think are true. And it also gives that whole, like, it just, it just gives them like a, um, an outside voice and somebody with a platform to latch onto that they could say like, Oh yeah, well, you know, Joe Rogan says it, Aaron Rodgers says it like they, they must be true. Like, Hey, they got podcasts. Like Aaron Rodgers is one of the suit was one of the NFL MVP. There's no way that he would be wrong about this stuff. But the fact is, is that like, 
yeah, he is. And some of these statements that they have made um, will, in fact, have ramifications in some way, shape, or form. And, and that is just really unfortunate because all of us have, you know, we, we've all been through this, this uh, pandemic period. We've been through the lockdowns. We've been through all this stuff. And this kind of behavior and this kind of messaging just perpetuates it perpetuates the pandemic. It perpetuates the spread. It puts other people at risk. It puts the individual themselves at risk. And then it also puts the entire country at risk from another crazy, massive variant flare-up that may be stronger and more lucrative and easier to um, easier to catch than some of the variants that we've seen before. And like these people are just they are just like spinning gears in this COVID machine to like keep this fucking thing around. You know, they want, they want freedom. They want everything to be over with, but they don't do the simplest things to stop it. You know, Hey, just, just put this piece of cloth over your face. Oh, you know, well, like Joe Rogan says that that's, you know, we don't need to do that kind of stuff. So like, Hey, you know, just, I'm just going to listen to Joe Rogan and this is wrong. It's his, his audience is clearly full of people that, want results without doing any of the work for those mm-hmm. results um yeah for on a lot of things because like like you know i when 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 i was first thinking about doing this one i thought about doing um i, I think i'm gonna i feel like i'm gonna butcher her name but this supposed north korean um expat i think soon soon me park i think is her name maybe it's soon Yi park um but you know she she comes with this she's this She's this attractive um, Korean girl, woman. She's like probably 30 now. Attractive Korean woman who has like an outrageous story about her escaping from North Korea to South Korea. Um, and, and, you know, and then to the United States. And, you know, like people just take this as people just when when she was on his show, people just take it as gospel that this is the real situation. When this is a woman who was an actress in South Korea um, she, which doesn't prohibit her from actually being from North Korea, but not usually do people cross the border and then become actresses, um, in a different country, mm-hmm. um, especially people who were, according to her, starving and no education. Um, right. Then, then to jump the border into a rather, as people, I don't think people realize this, a rather sophisticated and progressive country. Um, mm-hmm. it's hard to fit into that society that way. Anyway, well, let's just pretend that she did. Um, so then she comes to the United States and she apparently has no job other than, other than appearing on, um, various right-wing conservative, um, podcasts and TV and, you know, appearing on Fox news every now and then. And it's weird because it's, you know, people kind of trace some of her money back to certain right-wing provocateurs, basically that are mm-hmm. bankrolling her and her story to, to spread as far as possible. It's, she is again, uh, she, like I view her as a shortcut. She is, here's information about all the terrible things that North Korea is and why I see all these terrible things happening in the United States because of the Democrats. And that's it. People don't have to do any more work. They don't have to think critically about this. The girl from North Korea, quote unquote, from North Korea says it, so then it must be true. That's everyone that listens to Joe Rogan. They don't want to do any more thinking. They're going to let him and all the people that he has on think for him, think for them. Yeah, that is definitely what's going on. And leave it to that audience to start believing and falling in love with somebody from North Korea. You know what I'm saying? Like, and like, and like, believe me, I know that there's, there's probably a whole lot of people 
that have escaped from there and that have gone on to to South Korea, that have gone on to other places in the world and stuff. Yeah. And I wouldn't mind go. I actually wouldn't mind going to Seoul, believe it or not. I've oh, seen some photos. Uh, South it looks Korea fucking looks awesome. Awesome. South Korea looks awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely, dude. So like, but however, there is just this one person that these people are latching onto because she confirms their confirms their beliefs. Right. Right. It's yeah. man, it, it, it's just ridiculous. I, I, I like I, I enjoy <clears throat> I, I enjoy podcasts where I do have to do a little bit, little bit of thinking and I do have to right. do a little bit of like research into things like I look up stuff, and, you know, it's and like a lot of it's just it's the stuff I'm interested in already. It's entertainment stuff, mm-hmm. it's movie stuff, music stuff, TV stuff. But I do like I am one of those people like when I'm like if I'm listening to Blank Check and um, Sims or Newman um, mentions like a, a movie or something from like the 1970s that has some tie to some other movie they're talking about. I'm immediately like, you know, as long as I can while I'm working, I'll just like go to IMDb really quickly, look up this movie, go to Wikipedia, find the trivia about it. Like I want to know more about it. I don't feel right. like the people that listen to Joe Rogan want to do that kind of stuff. No, absolutely not. It, they just want to sit there, have it fed to them, no matter what they say. Even if it's something as the sky is green, why should I look up? Why should I open up my window to confirm to tell to know that he's wrong? I'm right. pretty sure the sky changed from green to blue since I've been listening to the podcast. So like, oh, it's unbelievable! It's unbelievable. All right, dude. So let's go into the next category: fitness influencers. So there was I, I've I know I saw this article. Um, uh, I know I saw this article while I was working, but I couldn't refine it again because I couldn't remember the exact title and whether you know and the, the exact um, website that it came from. But it's mm-hmm. it's one of those ones that is it's so fucking obvious, right? That mm-hmm. did you know that all of the fitness influencers that you follow are on steroids? <laughs> right. Pretend yeah, like I you're did. shocked for a second. Let it sink in. Uh-huh. Um, <gasps> Yeah, it's I like by I just remember seeing that and then like I, I couldn't find it again. But I mean, it's I don't even need to look this one up to like to to get to give you some of the finer points on this. This is one of those ones where it's like the it's the um, it's the cartoon Star Trek meme of Kirk with mm-hmm. doing the shocked face with like this hand over his mouth and stuff. This is like yeah. one of those like maybe there are some people that don't realize this, but like I, I feel like even the average person should realize that the like these men and women who are you know holding themselves at four percent or less body fat and have you know and can like bench press 500 pounds that is not physically possible without the help of some kind of some kind of drug enhancement steroids classic steroids mm-hmm. be it hgh trend deep whatever it is doesn't yeah. matter you need mm-hmm. something to look like that because you physically cannot look like that otherwise yeah, I'm telling you, dude, there are just these people out there that are like cut, that are doing all sorts of feats that like just don't even make any kind of sense. Like it almost looks like their body would fall apart with some of the weight that they have on these bars. And nope, they're just they're just doing them. You know, hey, some people like, you know, may hide the steroid use. Some people may, hey, at least they somewhere in there maybe made a reference to it. And then there are some people out there that are just like, oh, this is all natural, bro. And you just know that that's not the case. Right. It's, you know, we've, we've talked at length now twice about Liver King. Um, and like uh, this little dude who's like five foot six, 200 pounds, has abs that look like, like someone literally stuck them on his body. They pop out so far. Mm-hmm. And it's like you you literally cannot hold your body like that 
especially mm-hmm. at his body weight and his height, there's no way to look like that without enhancing yourself on something. There's just no fucking possible way. I yeah, and and this is you know, I I'm, I am not a bodybuilder, but I am someone who's very invested in in the fitness world. Um, and I've I have friends that are bodybuilders, and they, you know, if if you want to be serious about this, like if you want to get your pro card and really become like make this a part of your life, like a big part of your life, you have no choice but to get on steroids because mm-hmm. you you just can't look. First off, it's hard to look like that even on steroids. It's very right. difficult. You have to deprive yourself of a lot of things leading up to a show. Um, but it's like this one, this one guy that I'm friends with, a uh, younger dude who's, I think he's shooting for a show in May, I believe. And okay. he's gone from like about, he's, he went from about 250 now he's sub, like, I think he's around 230 now in the past, like, few months. And mm-hmm. he definitely looks thinner. Like, I mean, you know, you, and you can see it, like, in his shoulders and his arms and stuff. But this dude, if he was without, if he was not on gear, um, another another way to say steroids or whatever else, if he was not on gear, and this dude would have to probably go from 250 down to maybe 170, 180 to actually have visible abs. That's, yeah. that's where you have to get to. The other option is to jack yourself up on roids, increase unnaturally increase your muscle size so that they so that you don't have to drop that much weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Oh my god, dude! Like, yes. So, some of these guys like to get into that bodybuilding physique, you know, where your show where your show worthy, you have to do some real like extreme ass stuff here and everything. Like this is extreme even without the help of roids. And then and you're right. So like once you are on gear, it puts you in a little bit, you know, better of a position to make yourself look like that because mm-hmm. it is really, really fucking difficult to even have something resembling a six pack, you know, like it's hard for somebody to even just be thin and not be toned, you know? So for them to get to that level, it's just, you, you're going to need a little something extra. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's, it's women too. It's, it's mm-hmm. everyone like it's, and like I get it, like why not? You know, like it, it makes them money, um, and in probably in the grand scheme of things, it's not necessarily hurting anyone because they're not, you know, they're not advocating steroid use. But right. it it does give it does give people, especially younger people, a, a really bad sense of like what's possible with the human body. Like yeah, and you know, and if they're not being forthcoming, I feel like, if, you know, like um, like a guy I follow, and I think you do you follow Larry Wheels too. Uh, I don't. I don't. Okay. I know. I've. I, I know. I've sent you some stuff of his though. He's absurdly strong, absurdly ripped. But he doesn't mm-hmm. hide the fact that he's on gear. Like right. Yeah. You send me stuff. From yeah. This guy. Yes. He yes. does not hide that fact. He talk. He doesn't like. Not like he openly talks about it. But it, it's not like a mystery. What? How? You know? How he's six foot two, two seventy with like four percent body fat. Like it's right. not a mystery. <laughs> and he's fine with it. And that's you know that's fine too. It, like. I don't care, but like when I, I know someone, I know someone personally who clearly was on steroids and would sort of, t- and, you know, is in female powerlifter, clearly on steroids, um, and really didn't talk about it for several years. Would always just say, "Oh, you know, I just try to eat well, you know, keep a good diet, make sure I'm active, blah blah blah." And I'm like, "Really? Is that why your voice has become deeper than mine in the past few years?" Right. <laughs> and like now and now she does talk about it you know and kind of like lays out like her just she's like a fucking she's like a fucking show pony she's on so many fucking steroids and things but it's 
but it's just like when you're when you're lying to people about how you get that way, is it is it is it directly harmful? I don't I don't think it's directly harmful, but you're one of those people that's adding to the body issues that social media is already creating for for especially for younger people. Of course. Oh my god, yeah, that that is definitely the fucking case here. Like it's uh, people are going to see you, people are going to think that what you're doing is right. And it's in all reality, you're selling them an unrealistic thing. You're selling, you know, with like somebody in that situation, like steroids or not, um, and, and especially like with somebody who is following them, that is maybe just trying to get into working out, or maybe somebody that that's been at it for a while and they're not seeing the results that they want. It could really just give them an unrealistic uh, impression of what they have to do. And also, like, and when those people maybe aren't seeing the same results, it might it could fuck around with that particular person. You know, they may quit working out. They may go down even a, a, a wrong, like a, a more wrong path to go down. So, like, I think when in terms of like the lifestyle, it's a good move for people to be as forthcoming as, as humanly possible, um, just to make sure that you know you're giving the right thing because like somebody could have some potential harm to them, whatever it might be down the road. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's, I, I, it, it feels like it's not, it, it wouldn't be fair to blame any single person for this, but it is sort of like a, it's a collective mm -hmm. enough of it. Just yeah. enough of this stuff makes a big difference. Of course. Oh, definitely dude. And I'm glad you brought this up because I'm sticking in the same neighborhood okay. for, for this. And um, I don't know if you have heard of who I'm going to be discussing, but they are, a set of twins called the organic twins. And when you look at them, they don't really look organic in terms of the way that their body is constructed. And like um, some of the misinformation that, that they have put out was brought to my attention by a, another YouTube fitness personality named Scott Herman, who did this video. And I kind of used the video to do a jumping there's a jumping point for this particular section mm -hmm. of the discussion. And like the video that this guy is showing, it's just number one, like these dudes are, they're chiseled ripped all over the place and they're lean too. So like um, there's definitely something going on there beyond this version of whey protein that they endorse. Like there's no fucking way in hell that they are looking the way they are off of a simple whey protein. I, like, I'm, I, looking at them, I'm looking at them right now and at least in my experience with people, uh, people like this that are on steroids, the, mm -hmm. the telltale signs are so fucking obvious. And particularly their neck and shoulders are so fucking, mm -hmm. and also the vascularity mm -hmm. is absurd. Yeah. The, the veininess is, is just, it's crazy. It's crazy shit. It's crazy. So like one element of misinformation that I would want to focus on for today, and it's something that we, we dabbled into a little bit during the, um, the January unknown challenge part two is the, the style of workout that they do that they put online and some of the some of the specifics of it, which I will highlight now. One of their videos, which um, I haven't been able to find the video, so they must have taken it down because, like, I scrolled through their entire Instagram page. I haven't been able to find this exact video that um, that I'm looking for. And in one of their workouts, they were using they were doing an inclined bench press. <laughs> 
And they were doing an incline bench press using two 45-pound plates that had the little hand grips kind of carved into them. You know, there's like two or three kind of spots for you to put your hands in some of these plates. Like you're mm-hmm. like that place you find at like LA Fitness and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> so they're on the bench using 45-pound plates to do an incline bench, which for starters is a big WTF um, two on each side thing. One forty-five plate on each side. Okay, like not doing the dumbbells, like the actual plates yeah, themselves. Yeah. And um, so th- I'm going to use. Th- just keep that in mind because I'm going to. We're going to focus back okay. on some of this, some of the showmanship here. And um, not only were they using forty-five-pound plates, which is like completely impractical, they were. Uh, they had their shoulders really high up. They were in this position. Their elbows weren't like in necessarily like the right place. They were basically in this position where somebody could blast out their uh, elbows had they keep doing enough reps of this. And also like just the sheer control of these just 45 pound plates in an incline bench. There's just a lot of stuff in terms of form that could go wrong. And um, so that, that is definitely one like element of misinformation here. The other thing that they were selling people on was this was a part of a workout, which is what we talked about last time, that is a 32 exercise workout consisting of rep counts in 10 to 15. So you, when you saw this post, there was just like a link to this um, workout that was just like insane of like 32 different chest exercises that were to be performed on one day. So right then and there, that's a really dumb fucking move right there. I don't even know what 30, I don't even know if I could tell you 32 different chest exercises, but however, they must've taken all the chest exercises possible and consolidated them down into one day. That was this workout that they were trumpeting online. Now this is just like wrong for an overabundance of reasons. Number one, just way too much time. You're going to blow your fucking chest out. And that's just a, way too many actually, you're not going to be able to recover. Like it's just a lot of stuff going on. That's wrong in terms of the actual workout that they put out now. So what I was going to bring this whole thing back in terms of the showmanship is that this whole thing goes back to um, a trend that has really been bugging me lately because there are they're just they're, some of these posts that I see with what I'm about to describe come with like no disclaimer, no, do not try this unless you are a professional, which they are so needed in the situation right. that I'm about to describe. And I don't know if you've seen um, some of these, but I'm assuming that you have, where there's somebody lifting a very fucking weird handmade built contraption that is like, so, okay. So you'll have like somebody doing a deadlift and on top of them doing a regular deadlift, they are also wearing a, um, like something you would use for squats that like a bar that you hold onto in the front that you use to squat down. They have weights there. They also will be, um, resistance banded in, um, around their thighs. And then they'll have a, um, a neck weight on. Oh yeah. I know know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 spreading. Other people like I, I saw one video, and I swear to God, I've seen more examples of this now, and they're even more crazy. Like yeah, barbell barbells bound together with resistance bands that like it almost looks like they're um like a baby mobile. They're lifting. It's in some yeah. Way, so shape like what they're um like what they're doing. Like this one guy in particular, he does usually does that on a skateboard. Um, like he'll he'll deadlift, have a safety squat bar on his shoulders. On his mm-hmm. neck and shoulders, and then like a head weight, head weight harness, some bands and stuff, 
um, some other stuff like wrapped chains or something wrapped around him, and then he'll, he'll do like a he'll do like a deadlift like with that like on a skateboard. Is like yeah, kind of what you're exactly. just, one of the things you're describing. You you definitely, dude. And like these things right here, I have seen some. I've seen a few of them. I've, I've probably seen probably twenty to thirty at the most. No posts whatsoever say do not try this at home or hey this is a professional lifter they're all just like oh come on bro ha 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 smiley face like and there are people that you want to talk like there are people out there that want to take shortcuts and stuff there might be some asshole out there and i guarantee you that there are and probably multiples of them that are just like man like if i took all this stuff and i put it together and i just did three three reps that is like a whole workout for me you know and they're seeing these really I, you know, like, I, I guess like if you're capable of doing it, like I appreciate the showmanship and I, I, I love Juji Muf, Juji Mufu, um, the, the big dude, like, uh, yeah, the fuck is this Juji Mufu thing? Yes. Yeah, I, I love, yeah. I love watching that guy do anything. You know what I'm saying? Cause I look at him and I'm just like, this is a dude who knows what he's talking about. And, um, I just, I like, he's like an exception, but there are just other people that are out there, you know, that are doing this crap that aren't like super big jack dudes that just look like average guys or dudes that maybe lift like a couple times a week that are doing this stuff. And I'm just like, I'm waiting for something to go wrong. You know, somebody at the Whaley should put a warning label on these posts telling people that like, this is something that you should not be doing unless dot, 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 insert your reasoning for it here. And um, I hope to God that um, the shortcut wanting crowd aren't adapting. This is some form of like legitimate lifting. And I just hope to God that we don't, have a line of um epic fail videos where people are trying to do this kind of stuff and they get hurt and i mean it's just it's it's a really wrong thing to i think make popular in terms of physical fitness uh, well i know you're, i know what you mean but also like like at no point in time that i've have i ever taken it seriously and most people don't um also most people don't have enough of this stuff to even try doing this like i not many people have a safety squat bar sitting at home or like a headweight harness sitting at home. Um, but here, here would be my counter to that. People break their legs squatting regularly. Should we put warnings on yeah. everything that we do? No, that's a really, no, that's, that's a really great argument to, to bring up here and stuff. And I guess like at, what I would be asking then is for somebody to draw the line at what is a practical lifting video and an impractical lifting video. And then that is well, policing that's, that what I would say is do. a guy doing kick flips on a skateboard with a bunch of weights tied to him is not practical. It's satire. He's just doing, he's just dicking around. He's just dicking around. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Yeah. I will, I will remember that going forward. And I just hope to God, I mean, I don't, I don't, there... well, like, I don't know why you would try that anyway. It's again, it's just someone just dicking around. Like, I don't think there's going to be an epidemic of it happening, but there are, there are epidemics of people injuring themselves after watching regular workout videos, doing something wrong. Yeah. I, Oh yeah. I completely can believe that. I've seen some of these epic fails with people just doing normal stuff. So yeah. in my own personal thing, I hope that this doesn't become a trend. It won't. Other people Don't should. Worry. It's not going to. Good. Okay. Good. It's not going okay. to. Awesome. All right. So let's get into the last one now, which is the wild card. What, what do you got for the wild card? All right. So I'm going to read you two articles, just the titles. I'm not going to read the whole mm -hmm. articles. They're not that long. I'm going to read you. The, I'm going to read you the titles and you tell me what you think that I'm getting at here. Okay. Okay. First one, it's from uh, it's from Wood TV, um, which is a <laughs> TV station out of Grand Rapids, and okay. the title of the article is "People Gather to Protest Human Trafficking in Grand Rapids." 
And it's from okay. August of 2020. All right. This is the other title I'm going to read you. This is actually from uh, from News 5 in Cleveland. Protesters supporting Trump gather outside State Representative Casey Weinstein's Hudson home. So okay. those are the two headlines. What do you think that I'm getting at here? Okay, so they're protesting. Obviously, they're protesting something. Um, I'm trying to think of the great human trafficking in Grand Rapids. That's a really interesting... Okay, I'm drawing a little bit of blank on that. The human traffic thing really threw me is threw me off here. So, like, uh, it, it, I know that somewhere in this, it's probably something that's not human trafficking, but people might put it in that neighborhood through some like weird false nugget. I just can't think of what that thing is. Okay, um, <clears throat> so this is so these are both local news outlets, and this is why it's important. Local news outlets all over the country continue continuously fail to mention that these things are being perpetrated by QAnon. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and really there was a, um, there was a, in the, at the end of 2020, there was a whole spate of, um, of, of human trafficking protests throughout the, really throughout mm-hmm. the world. And they were started by one particular QAnon adherent named Scotty, the kid, um, who you can look up online. He's a he's an act, sometimes actor out in Los Angeles. Um, he's actually in a commercial with he's in a State Farm commercial with Aaron Rodgers. Um, he hands him the guitar in the commercial where he's like in the guitar, you know, he's where Aaron is pretending to be a band guy. Oh yes, yes, um, yes, yes. You don't really you don't see his face, but that's the person handing him to him. He started this this like wave of of anti human trafficking, child trafficking protests, um, uh, really throughout the world. And all the local outlets covered them as people are protesting human trafficking. Like you're, you're missing the point of this local news people. You are missing the point. The people protesting human trafficking are a raving bunch of psychopaths who think that Democrats are eating children in caves underground. Um, And more recently, the one, the one that I shared with you, the one I shared with you about protesters outside of uh, Casey Weinstein's Hudson home. um, This happened a couple of weeks ago, actually, the these were they again, they either are identifying them as a human trafficking protest or in this case, Trump supporters. And mm-hmm. the Trump supporters in this case are members of a church and the church leader who have been sending out flyers in our area that are, are riddled with QAnon conspiracy theories. Okay. Um, so for some reason, the past five years, despite that this has become something in the mainstream, Local outlets absolutely, for whatever fucking reason, will not refer to them or don't do enough of the research to figure out that these people are all associated with QAnon, which has become, as we've talked about over the past five years, has become increasingly violent. Yeah. Wow. You would th- and that's a real key piece and key component of this whole article is the fact that these people are QAnon people, making it sound like it's average people or not crazy uh, people is extremely misleading mm-hmm. and I there you're right they're definitely missing the point on this for sure and like I, I don't know if you're going to follow up with the question I'm going to ask you but like is there any like hypothesis or theories as to why this is like this I, I, I really don't know um, it, it, it can't like there's no way that it's because of like a lack of information at this point like mm-hmm. we have seen 
the I don't I don't know maybe the news outlets all forgot January sixth and all of the QAnon people that showed up to the showed up to the Capitol and then right. helped you know it wasn't just QAnon but they were a large chunk of that group were QAnon mm-hmm. adherents and QAnon supporters people wearing Q shirts holding Q banners put you know Q signs big letter Qs all over the fucking thing and yeah just so at the very least. Last year, that's when Q should have jumped into the mainstream big time. And for some mm-hmm. reason, you know, in the case of in the case of the the Wood TV one from Grand Rapids, um, you know, that was that was when it was the end. It was towards the end of uh, end of a lot of the lockdowns. So like Q still wasn't one hundred percent in the public consciousness yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was there, and the fact that they just say people were protesting human trafficking is literally the most benign and really positive thing you can write about these. Not right. not fucking psychopaths who have, in fact, murdered people, who have kidnapped their own children, who have, um, who have threatened political violence, people who believe that there are underground tunnels in New York containing hordes of mis- missing children. You, didn't, you failed to mention that in the article mm-hmm. because that's what the people believe. And so, okay... Again, that one article was from before the real Q really burst out into the mainstream public. How are we still doing that now, two years later? I don't fucking understand. Yeah, that is that right there is is the mystery. Like what you're saying before about Q not being in the, the the mainstream or whatever, maybe like including that language might confuse people back then or something. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't really know what it's all about. Today, there's almost no excuse for it. You know, like once you once you hit. 2020 and like the January said, like you should be including that with everything, you know, and um, including the QAnon information in your headline, just that should be in the subject line and that should even be in the last line. They should be reinforcing that as much as humanly possible. And like, man, like I, I, my mind immediately goes to this conclusion, which I, I know is definitely like, I, it's a little bit out there, but like, it almost just like, I personally feel that like the, the QAnon thing and some of the stuff like runs extra specially rampant in Ohio and certain areas of the Midwest and mm-hmm. stuff like and like if you were to tell me that like QAnon's huge in the South. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Dude, like, it's would, huge in Los Angeles. Huge. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, huge in Los Angeles. That was the, 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 the rally that Scotty the Kid started out in Los Angeles. Like a lot of people were there. A lot. OK. Yeah. Like, dude, like so. With it being big out here and like, and also to, to bring it back to Ohio, I'm sure I've told you my vape store analogy and stuff like that. And it's this thing I'm like kind of framing, but like it, for some reason in Ohio, I, I just feel that it, it like runs more rampant out there because Ohio's got like a whole lot of people that like don't have a higher education and this is the QAnon thing is their, their way to like feel smart and stuff. And like what goes on in like the, like who people who were Democrats that voted for Obama were cigarette smokers. They're now Trump people who vape and everything. And like, that's my theory. I've been working on it. Got a lot to flesh out there, but, um, and like, I almost wonder if like they avoid using QAnon is a terminology in Hudson because it may like they don't want to like label like what is probably a lot of their audience. Yeah, but they call them Trump supporters. 
Yeah, they do that too. Yeah, like I don't. So they did label the, them. They just didn't label them. I mean, they're both correct. They actually would both would both be correct. But I just don't. I don't understand. And, and this is this is something that is it's countrywide with local outlets. They just they for whatever fucking reason they just can't. It's more than likely. It's in the last like year and a half or so. A lot of the, a lot of the um, Q drops and things have that that the Anons have been disseminating to everyone have basically been sort of orders to not be as open about QAnon. So mm-hmm. I am assuming part of this is when you know whenever a reporter goes to interview someone, they're not readily saying that they're part of QAnon. But I mean, again, news reporter, someone who works in the news. Someone who probably works for one of the stations or radio radio stations or TV stations that contracts with my company, you should know at this point because I pump plenty of QAnon information up your fucking asses. You should probably know at this point that they are fucking everywhere. Yeah, that is. I'm telling you, that's really astounding to me. There's got to be a method. There has to be a reason for it. Like, because the things that they're missing are all very very simple stuff. Like, I, I, yeah, there's there's got to be a methodology for this. Like, I'm, I'm convinced that there's something going on here because there's no way that they should be leaving this out. Like, it's really important stuff. It is. It's I, I kind of in the same way that I, I remember when um, um, when Gerald Sol, Solwell was finally caught. Mm-hmm. Um, when was that? Like 10 years ago, 11 years ago now? Yeah, it was. Something it was like I was still working in the Justice Center, so yeah, that was a yeah. while ago. Yeah, um, they didn't refer to him at least locally. They didn't refer to him as a serial killer, and I'm like, I don't know if it, if, if if it's like a, a you know some kind of directive to not mention that, you know, like it's it's kind of a scary word or whatever. But I mean, what the fuck would you call him? Right. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Like you'll tear the house down. No problem. But you won't call him a serial killer. Like, what uh, it's the hell? very, very bizarre. And there are some things I know that I know for a fact in, in terms of media, there are some things that like they don't want to do. And one of the things like whenever there's a mass shooting, they try not to show the shooter or mention their name. Yeah. Yeah. And right, like, exactly. so there are things like that where they, where they are trying to sort of prevent, prevent copy. Same with like suicides. They try not to give mm-hmm. a ton of information on celebrity suicides if they can help it. Um, yeah. Because they don't want they don't want um, copycats, basically. But this is considering what QAnon and the people that follow this have been involved in in the past couple of years. It is important to know where these people are and what they're doing. Yeah, it's really fucking important to know because this whole thing is not going away. And like when we are coming up in the, on another election cycle this year and then another presidential one in 2024, it has the ability to grow and spread and continue to do the damage that it's been doing. And like to infect people with the poison and any other words you want to call it, uh, this is just something that I feel should be acknowledged. And I think that this should be on the forefront of any article. Like people need to know about this kind of stuff because people need to know what these people believe and everything. And this isn't like, you know, this isn't like a really crazy, like, thing that some like religion might believe like this is and i mean in in many ways it it could be viewed as the same thing but like this is something that like is violence is now happening it's been happening out of it Mm -hmm. and um these people believe crazier shit than just jesus is from america you know what i'm saying like this is like i think a whole other level of crazy than certain Mm -hmm. certain 
unusual religious beliefs. I'll, I'll I'll wrap this up. I'll wrap this up by saying that like the the sort of the the way that it works is that like they're it's not just it's not like religious. It's not religious in the sense that like there's some figure that they're worshiping. Like the way that their ideology works is that like there's targets. People mm-hmm. are targets. Institutions are targets. That's how Q works. It's it's find the you know find the people that are that are agitating you that are causing that are causing problems that are causing problems for Trump that are causing problems in your life and do something about it. That's yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm telling you, like, it eventually, like, when people start to have these targets, you can only insult them on the internet so much. Like, eventually, like, these things evolve into violence, and that's something that everybody should be concerned about. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I had a, I had a slide in right. a QAnon thing here at some point in time. Yeah, I'm telling you, do. I'm glad you did. And people, I'm telling you, you need people need to keep bringing this up and to keep having this discussion about it because it's it's not going away. And there's a solid chance that in a couple of years it might bring a lot of people to the polls and bring a lot of crazy violence and situations that I don't even want to think about right now because they're just it's disgusting and crazy and twisted. And stuff. I mean, so, you never know. Some of these people might go attack a political building. Yeah, that's right. Oh, like, wait, maybe, we already did that. What, one in DC, maybe that's white with a dome. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, dude. So I'm going to make, I have my last one, my wild card. This one is a very quick one. This is one and a piece of information, misinformation that I myself fell for. This piece of information was completely geared towards somebody like me. This was something that, um, like in many ways fulfilled my own confirmation bias. And in the end I was completely misled. And this whole event took place on January 13th, 2022, when I woke up in the morning really eager to find out what the Coachella lineup was. And I went down an internet rabbit hole to find a leaked lineup, which happens every now and then. Like in some way, shape or form, a lineup of a festival, whether it's a big one or a small one, leaks every year in some capacity. And a majority of the time, these leaks are... You know, the, the, some of them are on point. Some of them have been exactly correct. There have been leaks that I have seen that have had minimal differences. And there have been leaks that I've seen that are just somebody really just trying to play a cruel joke on someone. And believe me, like when you see Coachella lineups that see Daft Punk on them, I really want to beat those people to death because that's what should happen to people who promise false Daft Punk promises on me. So I woke up this morning on January 13th, 2022, and um, I found this leak lineup that had Metallica, um, it had The Smile, which is a Radiohead side project, and it had um, a lot of different bands that were, um, some of them were on the lineup, for uh, the 2020 Coachella lineup that got canceled, and there were some um, kind of newer additions and stuff like that that I was able to personally track in this kind of system that I do where um, I can monitor tours and I can look at different things to kind of make a best guesstimate as to who is going to be in the Los Angeles area on a certain time. And it's just this stupid nerdy thing that I do that I will not waste any more time on the podcast describing. But this lineup made a lot of sense to me. It had Metallica, Billie Eilish, and Kanye as the headliners. And Billie Eilish and Kanye were like confirmed as headliners a few weeks prior to this um, this thing dropping, this leaking, or leaking, I should say. And um, the Metallica thing was something that I'm like, yeah, you know, they live in San Francisco. They're huge. They could 
come down here and do a show, no problem. You know, they're from San Francisco, I should say. So um, that seemed very plausible to me. The Smile, the Radiohead side project, I was like, yeah, you know, Tom York was supposed to be on the 2020 Coachella. I'm sure he's going to show up uh, this time around. <laughs> then I found out that, um, yeah, that lineup was totally fake and the Coachella lineup was a lot different than what this leaked lineup was in terms of some of the supporting acts. And uh, there were some things on the lineup, like Harry Styles being named a headliner that I was uh, very disappointed with. Um, I was actually so mad I couldn't work out anymore and I just left the gym. I seriously saw the lineup. I looked down at these weights. I stared at them for 30 seconds and I was so mad I just walked out of the gym. And then... um, (laughs) Uh, there, there, there were some things on here on the lineup that were actually turned out to be pleasant surprises. So the long story short with this here is that um, I fell for a fake Coachella lineup and uh, I am not ashamed to admit it. Actually, I am a little ashamed to admit it. And um, while the Coachella lineup that got released has Harry Styles as a headliner, which I still can't get over, um, we're still going to go and we're still going to have a blast. So that is my own Adam falling for a stupid piece of misinformation that I am comfortable making some jokes about. So, yep, that's me. And that's the last one that I have. And that's Adam losing one to the misinformation machine. <laughs> See, here's, here's what would have tipped me off. It's um, Metallica because, you know, unless someone is tied down and has their fingers cut off, Whoever decides the lineups at Coachella almost never puts any rock band in them ever. So, okay, glad you brought that up because Rage was the headliner in 2020, okay? So somewhere in the new lineup development process, Rage was on the bill but then dropped off. And then this makes sense because they completely rescheduled their 2022 tour Mm -hmm. and they're not anywhere near California around the time of Coachella, like they would have been on their 2020 tour. So I Metallica, I believe has done one other Coachella. They've done, they've done all the festivals basically. I can't remember if they, if they've done a specific Coachella, but I was like, okay, so somebody out here is trying to at least adhere to the, this formula that Coachella has where they at least have one big name rock act. And I, I kind of respected that. I was like, okay, so, you know, it wasn't rage, but like, I'll tell you, I haven't seen Metallica before. I will gladly, you know, sit through a Metallica show if I'm going to be in the, uh, the festival. And so it, it kind of had me like, I was, I was totally believing it. They're headlining a festival um, called bottle rock in Napa, which is like a, a wine centric music festival. So that sounds like, about hey, right for, that sounds about right for them right now. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so basically like there was, there were some things that really led me to believe that this was going to happen. And, um, when it didn't, I was, I was a little bit let down. Um, still kind of am. I really don't know what to feel about Harry Styles. It's just such a weird thing for them to pluck out of thin air. And the entire time, um, I just keep going back to this, um, this there's this host on K rock out here named Danica Lopez, who was talking about if Harry, Harry style played Coachella. And I was like, yeah, she's, she's not going to be right. There's no way this is, she likes Harry styles. She's talked about it. I'm like, she's just, you know, like, Oh, just, you know, whatever. He's going to come here. And then he actually shows up. So it was a, a little bit of like some wind knocked out of the sails, but 
when I've gone over some of the Coachella schedules that have been released, some of the other um, supporting acts that I want to see on Friday, there's a good chance that they'll be playing around the same time he is. So, so in the end, I'm, I'm working. I'm, everything's going to be great, and Justin and I are going to have a fantastic time. But, man, like to be as mad as I was where I couldn't even work out, that is like a level of anger that I only get to in, in certain situations. It had been a while since I had been that pissed off. And like, I went right from very happy working out to like, I can't even focus on this. Like, I just got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and all it took was Harry Styles. Very interesting. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I, I'm telling, I'm completely open to having my opinion changed. But when you go from the potential to see rage, which I, which I've also never seen before. Um, the only time that I was in a position to see rage against the machine in concert, they played blossom the day before our first day of eighth grade. So like there was no way in hell I was going to that show. Uh, Mike Albert did though. And I, he mentions it often when we hang out, but, uh, um, so like, I just, when you go from rage to Metallica to Harry Styles, pretty, that's a pretty crazy drop there. And in such a limited amount of time too, I might add. So, I was a little disappointed, but in the end, it's all going to work out. So that is all I have to say about that, which brings us to the end of the big fight. And for as great a job as we did today, the battle and the war against the misinformation machine will continue to rage on because, believe me, this is something that even though you and I are the last faction heroes, this is a monster that is we would need millions of last faction heroes to fight but for what we did today i thought we put up an amazing battle in the six-sided ring of fire so with that in mind i'm just going to lead into the outro here and it's just if you have any tips just like one or two whatever for people out there to help themselves not to fall victim to the misinformation machine what would it be who um <laughs> I, I jokingly want to say do your own research like joe rogan but um, you know, like there, there is some wisdom in quote unquote doing your own research, but mm -hmm. I, I would, I would pose it more as think critically about, yeah. about like what you're actually hearing. Like, does it make sense? Like, mm -hmm. just think about it at its bare bones. Does Michael Bennett burning a flag in the Seattle Seahawks locker room for a photographer for him to take a picture of, does that make sense? Absolutely not. If it doesn't make sense, then it probably isn't, then there's a... Good chance that it isn't true. Um, so, you know, just think think about it that way. And then, man, I, I would say, I would say, you know, the, the problem is a lot of these, a lot of the tips that kind of make, that, that do make sense to follow are also the same sort of tips that you hear from people peddling misinformation. Like another thing I was going to say, like, was, you know, to think, you know, like be critical of the sources. Like, well, that's what they yeah. fucking tell you too when they want to give you some bullshit. Um, right. You know, here, here's specifically for something like social media or media in general. Just remember that like what you're seeing, you know, especially when you're talking about like fitness influencer or any influencer, fitness or otherwise, um, what you're seeing on TV, in movies, all of that is very, very calculated for you to mm -hmm. see what they want to show you. And yes. you should always remember that, that even even reality TV shows, like even in the real world where they're getting into fights uh, bad news, that fight was staged. Um, yep. the, the cameras didn't catch the full fight. They needed them to do it again. So they did it again because it's TV. Yep. They want you to, they want stuff for TV. They, they, everything is going to go through a filter before it gets to you. 
Exactly, dude. You, you hit that right on the fucking head. My tip for everybody out there is just you and your views are going to be challenged. Don't take the shortcut. That's all I got to say. Like, like it. Do, not t- do not take the fucking shortcut. And like, I'll tell you outright, the shortcut is going to make you feel good. The shortcut is going to be easy. The shortcut is not going to challenge you. But only through those challenges and the challenges of our beliefs, our morals, our ideals, it is through those challenges that is the only way that we are able to grow as people because without any challenge, there is no growth. So that's all that I have on the tip front. Do you want to lead us out of here, bro? I am leading us out of here on that. That was perfect. Thanks, everyone, for de- for listening to The Occasionalists. Um, thanks for downloading us. Uh, be sure to get on. Be sure to get on Apple Podcasts uh, and anywhere else you get podcasts, and rate and review us. Subscribe. Um, you know, make sure that uh, we we do this for free. Make it worth our time, um, basically. Uh, but but for, for Adam Chibaluski, this is Matt Pagel saying thanks, and we will see you next time.